junk heap, the lord of the junk heap, the witch of the wasteland. Witch. The Ayatollah of Lenahola. We already said we were going to do the witch. Too much time wasted. Too many promos. But I have an honorable compromise. Just record the show. Dude, we already had it scheduled to record. Give me all the credit. Uh, the downloads and the Facebook likes. And I'll spare your lives. Uh, whatever. Just record the show. And I'll give you safe passage through my junk Just record the show and release it. And there will be an end to the horror. dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Garbage people. Cinema Psyops. My personal view is that it's nauseating, disgusting, degrading, ghastly, steely, truly and wildistic and generally nauseating. They are unbelievably nauseating. They are the antithesis of I regard them as disgusting, nasty, horrible, without any kind of merit. I just do not believe that any allegedly cultural activity which strikes at the roots of culture is to be applauded. They represent nothing to my mind, enduring, decent, or worthwhile. I just do not believe they contribute anything worthwhile to inflict themselves upon society at large. I would like to see somebody dig a very, very large, exceedingly deep hole and drop the whole bloody lot down it. You know, I think uh, the whole world will be vastly improved by their total and utter non-existence. Cinema Psyops with Hort and Matt. Hello and welcome to Cinema PsyOps. I am joined in the studio with Matt. It's good to see you, Court. It's good to be seen. I'm, I, I know, like, you know, with the modern day ways we make things work, it makes it seem like we haven't missed a show, but <laughs> it's good to see you. We recorded like five episodes in two weeks. Yeah, we really did. I mean, we really did. For two weeks, we were jam-packed busy, and then we had a nice little three-week vacation. Yeah, where I tried to do all of the stuff behind the scenes and get it ready to go and, and did all the editing and everything and I tried to do rewiring but nothing ever worked out. I, I'm telling you right now your equipment at least looks cool but with the amount of wires it looks like anytime in Star Trek the Enterprise is hit and what happens <laughs> to the bridge with all the wires coming down. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's because I had to wire up the time delay portal mm-hmm. so that we could have our guest from the future this week coming to us live is The Witch. How's it going buddy? Hey hey how the fuck are you boys <laughs> hey which real quick tell me uh can you tell me what other stupid racist bullshit thing trump has said so far because you know i like to get a jump on it yeah so this week he's gonna do a puppet show with his penis <laughs> and pretend that it's kim jong-un how would anybody see it are they gonna put a microscope on it yeah well, it's a very small puppet show <laughs> i'm gonna say something both in I, time and length I, uh, I wish i could say that i think you're just being you know cheeky and cute but i really think that could be something that might happen in the next three years yeah. three months three, three minutes, minutes. Next, like in an hour 
I'm aiming for Tuesday. <laughs> so coming to us live this Tuesday, Trump's penis puppet show, only on Cinema Psyops. Well, they're definitely going to launch nukes at Guam at this point then. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Kim's going to allow that to happen. After the measuring contest mm. fails miserably? Oh my God. Mm. We have two guys wagging their dicks across an ocean and it's really starting to bother me. Can you tell that he hasn't had an outlet to bitch about politics in weeks, which can you tell? <sighs> oh yeah. He's been storing it up. I have. I have. I really have. I'm letting it go because you're talking about a pending poxy clips, which is going to be covering the movie that we are talking about currently. Hey, exactly. Mad Max Ooh. 2, motherfuckers. In fact, I can see how Mad Max 2 could happen they're right there next to all this shit happening there you go <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, it's all Australia. About the now. <laughs> it's all yeah. gasoline. Which I am so sorry that you have to be there. Yeah, I've been training for this my whole life, so uh, I think I'll be all right. Did you kind of <laughs> always figure we you'd have an American president fuck it up for you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, who else yeah, is going to do yeah. it? I know, right? Yeah. We have all the guns. Well, yeah. I mean, the Russians maybe they have just as many of the guns as you say as we do. They don't have the guns well, that we got though. The nukes, I meant. Oh well, that's yeah. what I meant. They have gasoline. They don't have all the nukes that you have. Allegedly. Allegedly. Alleg well, uh, yeah. Actually, I think they have more than we do, but we have we have better ones and bigger ones <laughs> and, and better targeting systems. More importantly. Are you suggesting we, that your nukes are huge? Huge. Huge. huge the huge. best nukes. They always best land. Nukes. They kill everybody. It's huge. More importantly, we have Rosie O'Donnell, which can be used to take over third world nations. Yeah, right? Kind of like Godzilla. <laughs> See, now I, I saw Rosie as more of like the blob, just absorbing <laughs> whole villages as she Slowly goes through. Slowly moving, but never yeah. wavering. Ask Tom yeah, Arnold, all we have to do is send Roseanne Barr their way and her crazy ass will take over everything. Pretty much. <laughs> Let her sing their national anthem. Kim Jong-un and her oh. already look kind of the same. Yeah. Bro. Oh my uh, God. See, so oh you said Rosie O'Donnell and I think now my penis is actually Trump size. <laughs> <laughs> hey, believe it or not, look at that. You guys just got something in common with Donald Trump. You all don't like Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> I got no problem with her. I just it was the first person I could think of. That would, <laughs> first, yeah. The first celebrity to fall upon like, my joke. I still sword. like witches. She's more like the blob. Unwavering. Always <laughs> moving forward. Never stopping. Slowly. And gains power from everything she devours. Exactly. All right. So I don't really have anything to transition into any. No, there's nothing, nothing here to do. There's, there's yeah. nothing to move from here. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I want you to transition Rosie O'Donnell as the blob into Mad Max 2. I dare you. Speaking about an unstoppable force that destroys the entire world, we're going to be talking talking about Mad Max 2. We're going to take a little break. We're going to play a little bit of music. And when we come back, we will have the promo for Mad Max. This is a distress call from across time and space. I am Babs the automated biological support system for the humanoid known as the witch. Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock is the weekly chronicle of his fight for survival and entertainment on the junk heap of the future. Episodes are transmitted in 15-minute pulses across the Dimensional Divide weekly for your listening pleasure. As you will learn, the future is not set in stone, and a flux capacitor is a girl's best friend. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Come join the rest of the Meat Popsicles in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash witch vs the doomsday clock. The replicant known as witch can be found on Twitter, Facebook, 
Tumblr and Instagram by searching for THEWYCH. The Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Now in the words of Lord Humongous. Just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. I need some high octane gasoline. Got yourself a deal. You can run, but you can't hide! You gonna crash or crash through? I was wrong about you. I'm sorry. When it's every man for himself, and there's no place left to run, when all that's left is one last chance, pray that he's still out there somewhere. Mad Max 2. Wow. This trailer that we can't hear right now is just incredible. I'm telling you, I have a tear in my eye because of that trailer. It was beautiful. It was Very the greatest moving. trailer that I've ever heard. <laughs> well, I have a tear in uh, half a chub. It was awesome. <laughs> God, you just masturbated before the show. Are you already have a chub again? It's, it's Mad Max, man. All it's, right. It, it, it's all the, all the people in bondage gear and big cars. and oh. See, now it's like three quarters. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> well, that's going to lead us to our first clip. My life fades. The vision dims. All that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos. Ruined dreams. This wasted land. But most of all, I remember the road warrior. The man we called Max. To understand who he was, you have to go back to another time. When the world was powered by the black fuel and the desert sprouted great cities of pipe and steel. Gone now, swept away, 
For reasons long forgotten, two mighty warrior tribes went to war and touched off a blaze which engulfed them all. Without fuel, they were nothing. They'd built a house of straw. The thundering machine sputtered and stopped. Their leaders talked and talked and talked. But nothing could stem the avalanche. Their world crumbled. The cities exploded. A whirlwind of looting. A firestorm of fear. Men began to feed on men. On the roads, it was a white line nightmare. Only those mobile enough to scavenge, brutal enough to pillage, would survive. The gangs took over the highways, ready to wage war for a tank of juice. And in this maelstrom of decay, ordinary men were battered and smashed. Men like Max, the warrior Max. In the roar of an engine, he lost everything. And became a shell of a man, a burnt out, desolate man. A man haunted by the demons of his past. A man who wandered out into the wasteland. And it was here, in this blighted place, that he learned to live again. I can't explain the world as it's happening any better than this previously on. It's the greatest yeah, saga really sale is. of all time. It is. It's great. It tells you everything it you is. need to know about the last Mad Max movie and everything that's going to happen coming up in this film and, and why everybody's driving around like maniacs. And you know, it's serious because it's in black and white, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's in four by three when the rest of the film is like cinemascope. Even and behind <laughs> as a shell of a man. Now, I wanted to point out too that uh, Matt got his copy from me and we watched the authentic Mad Mad Max 2 version. Not the the Road Road Warrior Warrior version? No, not the Americanized Road Warrior version where they redub uh, (laughs) where they redub Gibson's voice and have get rid of his accent a little bit. Oh, I I never knew they did that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. They they cut it down a little bit too. There's a few things they trimmed out as well. Oh, okay. But that's why when you watch the movie it's just said Mad Max 2, not the Road Warrior. Oh, okay. See, it's been so long since I've seen it that I I didn't notice the difference because it's been that long. And you're not that observant. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> well, and look, it, it's, you know, it's Gibson. You just go, he's fucking crazy. So it doesn't matter. You're not paying attention to his accent. You just go, it's that crazy motherfucker. Well, I also wanted to mention too, the saga sale at the beginning that we listened to, it still gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. It's so beautifully done and it gets you set up for right when the opening chase scene hits. And right as the opening chase scene hits for the film, everything just starts screaming upgrade and budget. It's like everything that he wanted to do with the original Mad Max only just oh, yeah. more money behind it. Yeah. So, so as, as they actually fade into the the actual movie, that's where it cuts into Dolby. So before that, it's just in straight stereo. Right. The flashback stuff is just stereo, and then you have surround sound kick in. Yeah, and then it kicks in and surround just as that is as you see the car come through. That's when it kicks into full surround. And it comes from the back speakers to the front, and you hear the car yeah. revving up. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> okay, so the first 
first casualty of this car crash that happens, he looks an awful lot like he's wearing Goose's outfit from Mad Max 1, complete with the mask underneath the motorcycle helmet. And yeah, it, it's very similar. Very similar. It seems like a lot of this crew from, and we, we know why this is, but it seems like a lot of this crew that's currently chasing Max in this chase scene is outfitted with a lot of the police gear, like their coats, the, mm. the face masks and everything like that. And even a few of them have actual cop cars. They're not the original interceptors or anything like that because they do yeah, say but, that Max has the last one. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, they've got the flashing lights. They've got all the gear. So it's it's clearly been scavenged. Um, and, and I mean, technically, this is supposed to take place quite soon after Max. So he hasn't been out. He hasn't sort of gone a huge distance in time. So that equipment still would have been in reasonable shape. Yeah. And they actually, we might as well just go ahead and say it. When we see Lord Humongous later on in the film, you mentioned this when we covered Max. The original idea was going to be that Humongous was going to be Goose. Oh, yeah, that's it? right. They oh, were going to. Yeah. Right. I think they were even going to do a reveal that he was going to be more and burnt and just basically a husk of a man in a car. But because mm. he has whatever machinations that Goose had, it was going to be Max taking on his old best friend to save these people. Yeah. Which yeah. which is a really interesting idea. Yeah, it would be. Mm. Now he's just dressed up like, uh, you know, uh, a member of Demolition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, actually, from uh, bondage gear fresh out of uh, Sydney S&M store. <laughs> and, and I suppose to be... Why is it Sydney? Why is it Sydney has the S&M store? Well, that just happened to be where the costume designer got it from. <laughs> <laughs> and I do want to be fair. Demolition looks a lot like this guy because this guy came first, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. A, it, yeah. Mad Vince Max. Mc, Vince McMahon must be a huge fan of Mad Max 2. Mad Max 2 took over the U.S. culturally speaking. Yeah. Like it was a huge oh. influence. Like once it came out, you can't deny that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Even mm. punk, even punk rockers in every other movie that came after this, mm-hmm. even in like Italian films and all sorts of stuff, everybody was aping on the way that these people looked. The post apocalyptic look became like the yeah. new alternative lifestyle look that everybody tried do, to do. Is this the movie that would you say launched Mel Gibson like into like American superstardom or got him or got him on the road there? It's uh, it got him noticed to do more action stuff certainly, but uh-huh. I think it's yeah. Lethal Weapon is what really launched Lethal him. Weapon he didn't really become a household name. Uh, until well, maybe Weapon. maybe what I meant was like this is the launching pad. This got him Lethal Weapon, and then Lethal Weapon made him the household name. This is definitely yeah. the one where people took notice because this was a huge hit yeah yeah i mean this came so close on the on the tail of, of mad max and you know even even when the the original uh trailers for this were done it didn't feature gibson as a name it was more about the action sequences but i think the fact that they'd successfully um done mad max and this and it got a really good response in the states definitely put him on people's radar so the character of wes sure seems to be into some sadomasochism especially when he's there pulling the arrow that got shot into his arm it looked an awful lot like he was fucking the wound with the arrow like he was pushing it back and forth before he pulled it out anybody else get that inclination well you know that and the golden boy on chained on the back of his bike was a bit of a giveaway (laughs) yeah but he seems like he's uh kind of let's just say anyway the wind blows wes likes to give like he takes yeah like he's full-on sadomasochist he's not like just sadist he he likes Mm. the pain too yeah oh he's well he's completely mental That's a definite. Yeah, he's 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 got issues. Yeah, he's got a lot of issues, but 
Vernon Wells in this is just awesome. Personally, this is the point where I go, Vernon Wells is the man. There is no two ways about it. This is everything that he was supposed to be. Yeah, this is definitely something that should have launched him into a bigger career in the United States than what he ended up with. I don't know if it was some of the choices he made movie-wise after he made this, but you certainly could have had a lifetime of him playing action villains. Like, he is the best at that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, physical and, you know, intimidating. There was He had so much going for him, but like you said, I think you potentially made some some bad choices. He is sexually menacing just standing there and cracking a small grin. Yeah. Like you mm. you feel like he did something to you bad touch wise. Yeah. Just when he smiles mm. at you. Just I feel like I got a shower. Right. Yeah. Can we get yeah, yeah. Can, can you leave me alone? He's he's so good at that too. Like he just gets a look on his face and you're like, oh God, what did that, I do? That just I know mm. this. That's the same guy for weird science too, right? Yeah, they reused yeah. him. Yeah, they reused him. They even they painted him. him up the same. Yeah. Because I'm mm. like the guy for weird science. <laughs> yeah, I can see where you would think that that, yeah, but weird science, <laughs> weird science put that stuff in yeah, the film based on that. Mad Max, yeah. And a lot of the characters that are in there, and then they also did a Hills Have Eyes reference because, yeah, with the, because I, hate, I hate to lose my teaching job. <laughs> right, because he's the character yeah. in Hills Have Eyes, but we're not talking we're not about talking weird about science. Those movies. Yeah, no, I know. We're not. Yeah, the, the pro rape films that yeah, are the, the, the John are... Hughes' career. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, oh. I only laugh because it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's painful. I can't, I can't argue. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Max is definitely a scavenger, but he is a scavenger with a soft touch. He saves a music box, or at least the bits of a music box that will play the music, even though it really serves absolutely no purpose in this world or to help him out in any way, shape, or form. It's just this reminder of how things used to be. And given that yeah. it's close to how the world was prior to this epoxy clips, I'm guessing that he saved that because it's just a small reminder of some kind of peace and comfort that he used to have. Lay's daughter probably or his child child his son. son he has yeah. son yeah. maybe Sprog. his wife his wife is yeah yeah come shot his son <laughs> yeah he, he shot sprog <laughs> uh, but yeah I that's mean, what he, his he, name he's... meant dude don't oh, give me that look God, jesus his kid might as well have been called come shot <laughs> it's true how's my little Absolutely. money shot <laughs> <laughs> might as well have named the kid broken condom because that's probably how he came out <laughs> That has the bit that didn't go in mum's eye. But did they save the... <laughs> oh my God. Perfect timing, Witch. Okay, so he ends up leaving the crash and we do see, I'm not going to go through every little piece of this, but because we talk about it being the scavenging and everything, it bears repeating that they basically drive on the road until somebody crashes and the person who causes the crash gets to keep the gas of the person that crashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fair. It's it's like this apocalypse rule where like even Wes obeys it where he's like, nah, I'm not going to try and kill him now. Let him have the gas. He won this round. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just seems to be this thing where if they can make you wreck, they get your stuff. Yes. Because you're no longer mobile and you're going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. It's, they're doing exactly you a favor. <laughs> and he doesn't actually kill the guys that are trapped in the crash. I noticed that. Like, he doesn't give them any kind of mercy or anything. He lets the one guy, like, the one guy that reaches up for help. Yeah. Almost. And he's, like, kind of screaming and then he just kind of dies there. Mm. Max just mm. sits there and watches him die. And then he has this very tender moment with the music box where it's almost like, I've lost my humanity, but I remember what it was like to have it. Yeah. <laughs> a really weird yeah. sequence. Well, you never know. Those guys could have been assholes too. So who gives a shit if they die? If they're hanging out with well, Wes, chances are they are. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying. And, and they were chasing him and trying to kill him. So, you know, seriously, would you waste good bullets on him? No. No, but I mean, you can get a screwdriver and jam it into the guy's ear. Yeah, yeah <laughs> then you got you to gotta reach in and stuff. You know. 
<laughs> so no, so no merciful piff about the head and just going about your day. <laughs> no, no, no. You need, you need to get that petrol. You need to get as many containers as possible and get that gasoline. <laughs> gasoline. All right. So he leaves the accident scene and drives off after doing all the investigation and the scavenging. And it's important to note that they crash right next to this big rig that's hauling what looks like a, a trailer full of junk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that must have been somebody's apocalypse house. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. When your house is on wheels, you're already home. Look at that. Hey. <laughs> and that's when we get to see a gyrocopter just kind of sitting out in the middle of nowhere that Max drives up to. And it's protected by what looks like just a deadly snake, but it turns out that it is a trained deadly snake. And the mouth of Saron pops out of the sand to basically spring <laughs> a reverse trap onto Max. Now, hang on, before we go any further, yeah. did you notice on the stabilizer of the gyrocopter? The chicks boots. in the back? Yeah, there were there was a painting yeah. of boobs. It looked like a That's, old school bomber, like she should have been sitting on top of a bomb from the 30s or something. That is Karen Price, Playboy's January 1981 cinephile. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. That's what it was. So it's actually pretty much 11 minutes in the film before our main character even talks. Did you guys notice yeah. that? Yeah. 12 yeah. minutes before Max says a word and it's because he has to. And I, mm. I, I like that because it really builds up that whole why say a word? You know, there, mm. I mean, there's no one around. It's the apocalypse. You, you, there's no one traveling with him. There's no one to talk to. He doesn't even yeah. acknowledge other people's existence. Like when Wes gets all kind of crazy, like he's going to attack yeah. him. He doesn't pay him any mind. He doesn't like flip him off. He doesn't do any kind of thing. Because other I, than that's the, what you do if you're if you're a loner in this environment now in this new world that's Ooh. you know been destroyed i i love that bit like i, I was hoping you'd bring that up it's interesting that it's until he's forced to with a guy who won't shut the fuck up yeah because the gyrocopter is captain is a uh, very obviously a nervous talker yes and Ooh. even even though he thinks he has control of the situation you can tell he's still scared shitless of max Ooh, the yeah. entire time yeah justifiably yeah. so because max is a deadly fucker yes but mm. I, yeah no i like that that he's kind of silent and it just you know too many movies try to force dialogue in where it's just like, okay, your character's alone. He's not going to be just talking to himself the entire time. Some people do react that way. I guess. Where they're I, alone I, long I like this, though. I, thought, I think this just seems more appropriate, especially for Max. What it should have been yeah. is he should have had a volleyball that he grabs when he cuts his hand <laughs> and is angry. Wilson! And then the blood print leaves a face on it and it becomes his new best friend that he starts talking to. <laughs> oh, God, Wilson! <laughs> that was a halfway decent Hanks there. Thank you. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Yeah, it was pretty good pretty good i fucking hate that movie but it was <laughs> put him did, back on the too. island oh god <laughs> all right so yeah. max being the resourceful and deadly bastard that he is has a weapon set up underneath the tank right by the switch that is the kill switch for the bomb that he has installed on his gas tanks that's awesome and i love that the gyrocopter captain knows right away hey a smart fellow like you will probably have a weapon under there and he even puts the arrow right on his neck so all he has to do is pull the trigger and yeah. max is dead uh-huh and basically yeah. saying leave the weapon there and shut off the switch so I can get your gasoline. Your gasoline. <laughs> ah, but see, then he comes across Max's secret weapon. Dog. Actually, that was in my next note. I have, it proves that a trained blue healer is a much yeah. better weapon than a trained snake. Damn straight. <laughs> right. Damn straight. We, we didn't talk about, the dog was actually featured pretty prominently at the start during the chase where it's all just kind of cool and calm and it goes into the back seat area. Like he tears out the trunk area and stuff in the car and it looks like he turned the car into almost like a place to sleep or whatever. Yeah. Like he, he made it like a bed yeah. in the back, but it's also yeah, there look, for the dog. 
trunk. It's, it's yeah. a little home away from home. Yeah, let's well, see. He takes out the trunk and puts in uh, big tanks and then pretty much just sleeps up against the back where the seat used to be. And he has a, like a little area prepared for the dog to be able to chill and everything. And he's he's only got one seat. It's just his driver's seat. There's no passenger seat anymore. No. But it's attached to the door. You now. don't need Yeah, that's right. Passenger. Yeah, there's a, it, it's almost like a, a kid seat, like a booster seat or something just attached to the door that the dog can sit on and look out the window. Yeah, which is something that Max would totally do for the dog. So he does mm. have a friend in the apocalypse and he does have somebody that he cares about. It just so happens that it's a dog because they're far more trustworthy than a person. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they're actually more efficient at helping protect you than a trained snake because the dog waited for the opportune moment. Yes. Yeah. And a snake yeah. will turn against you eventually. Well, yeah, yeah they're a fucking snake. What yeah. do you expect? The Ooh. serpent. <laughs> yeah, here's where and Matt starts getting all religious about serpents. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. And the and healers are really like, they're really smart dogs. They're, traditionally, they're cattle dogs. They're used to sort of, you know, rounding things up and getting nasty, but you get in the wrong side of a heel, it'll take your fucking hand off. Well, yeah, any kind of dog can do that. They're basically little wolves. I mean, that's what they were bred out to be. But blue healers are amazing dogs. They totally Mm. are. And I'm not just saying that because I fell in love with them while watching this movie the first time or or around or as watching it as a kid. I just think they're awesome dogs. And you can kind of tell that they're super smart. I mean, this dog was just to kind of peek behind the curtain. Didn't they just pick this up at like a kennel somewhere or like a like a a shelter for animals and then it just turned out to be so smart it got trained instantly? So apparently they they went to a local shelter looking looking for the dog and the dog was actually um, due to be destroyed I think that week. And the reason they picked it out was um, when they were walking through the shelter, uh, apparently it picked up a stone that was in its cage and like tossed it to, to one of them as if to, you know, to, to play fetch. And they sort of did it back and forth a couple of times and went, this dog's, you know, bang on. And yeah, just, just took it and uh, put it on and, you know, trained it how to do the do the basics. And it, apparently it just absolutely ran with it straight away. Yeah, the dog is probably my favorite character in the film. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember reading somewhere too, and I just off the top of my head, I think someone in the crew ended up falling in love with the dog and took it after yeah. the shoot and became like its lifelong pet. Uh, yeah, nice. I, I think I think it was one of the one of the camera crew or something ended up with with the dog, um, which was good. Like I said, they you know they rescued it from obviously being destroyed, which is uh, which is awesome. Everyone should get rescue animals. Just throwing them out there. Absolutely, that's something I wholeheartedly agree with. Both of our cats mm. were adopted from the Humane Society here. So there, there you, go. you go, and that's nice. Okay, <laughs> yeah, don't adopt a mat though. <laughs> no, leave leave the mats in the kennels to be destroyed nah, too late you already adopted me <laughs> and the match it's too late the match should always be fixed too because you don't want the mats to reproduce too late <laughs> <laughs> The pilot ends up saving his ass by telling Max of a remote refinery that he happens to know of. I'm assuming that he's flown over it, but he couldn't figure out a way to get to it safely because he's a coward. Oh, of course. Mm. Well, in the apocalypse, you're not really a coward. You're just being smart and staying away from trouble. Yeah, damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> what some people call cowardice, others call being very intelligent. Survivalism. Yes. Yeah. Well, basically, he tells him that he knows of where the refinery is. And in order to save his life, he says he won't tell him unless he won't kill him. And so that's mm. the kind of promise that he makes Max do his life for showing him where this refinery is. So Max and him sort of strike up that bargain. Mm. And it's basically for the promise of being able to get to where this gasoline is. I'm sorry, guzzoline is in, gasoline. Order, in order to keep Max from killing him. My favorite part is right after he says that he's not going to kill him. I love the cut that they do where he's sitting in the dog seat mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> Okay, the gyro captain is so tied up, he can't even breathe, like, 
properly. Like he's, he can barely move in any way, shape or form. Yet Max still has a shotgun trained on him and has it attached via the, this, <laughs> the fucking trigger of the shotgun is attached to a wire hooked to the blue healer's dog bone. And the dog's <laughs> yeah. just sitting there holding onto the bone, yeah. pulling on the wire and keeping it taut oh, and keeping yeah. his eye on the gyro captain the entire time. And my favorite part is they do a shot where they cut back and forth and you see the gyro captain nervously looking back and forth. And then you see him looking at the dog and he's trying not to look at the dog so long so that it doesn't get like aggressive at him. But he also yeah. can't help but stare at the thing that could kill him at any minute. <laughs> <laughs> and the scene where they're driving and there's a rabbit right? that runs past. He's yeah. like, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's my next, that's my next note. The, the look on that actor's face whenever he sees the rabbit, the sheer panic and everything is so fucking hilarious. It makes me laugh my ass off. Very. And then I love how the next part of that, when the dog sees the rabbit, it gets kind of excited and then it realizes it's got to go back to its job of watching the, the pilot. Yeah. And you actually, they cut back and you see Max's face and he has this like, right as the dog sees the rabbit and gets excited and then the captain freaks out and then realizes that he's okay. Then they kind of pan over to Max and you see him smirk and laugh because he knows something and the whole time the whole time he's just kind of like haha i got you for trying to trick me you, yeah. you you get this little glimpse of humanity where max actually finds something funny i don't know if that was just a mistake that ended up happening or it works though it's, it's just like, i don't yeah. know but it's awesome <laughs> yeah it is awesome and then i have a note when we get to the refinery area it's very obvious that these people are docked to the tits with gasoline because they have flamethrowers that are manufactured specifically to defend the place they're able to waste the gasoline that way so you can tell that owning this much gasoline in epoxy clips is extremely bad news for anyone as evidenced by the maniacs that are circling the town they want just the tanker full of gasoline they want the processing they want this because this is how you get the power you have the gasoline you can control everything else because that's what keeps people alive max ends up switching upon seeing this into sort of a surveillance mode and it, you sort of see the old school cop in him kind of move in where he's going to watch it and just kind of keep an eye on what's going on and formulate a plan of how he's yep. going to approach this. You end up seeing him eating some dog food while the dog is rolling around looking fucking adorable. That's when I fall in love with the dog every time when the blue healer's rolling around just kind of yep. like, pet my belly, pet my belly. <laughs> you just want to reach into your TV and go, who's a good boy? Oh, dude's a good boy. <laughs> who's going to kill the pilot? Who's going to kill them? you? <laughs> so he's not just eating dog food. He's eating dinky dyed dog food. Now, dinky dyed just means real. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's all it means. It just means if something's dinky dye, it's real. It's legit. So he's eating legit dog food. Real dog food is what it's called. Real, real dog food. That's <laughs> what it's, it's called. Real dog food. Just in case you weren't sure that it was actual dog food, real dog food. They named it dinky dye dog food. <laughs> yeah, they called it dinky dye just so you knew that it was real dog food. Now, I also have my next note on this is, you know, shit is rough when dog food is some meal to be coveted, especially Ooh. when the pilot has to end up fighting the dog for the leftovers once Max is done. Yeah. <laughs> I love how the, the look on the pilot's face where like he's probably not eaten for quite a while either and he ends up actually like lusting after it as he watches Max taking spoonful after spoonful and out of nowhere produces this giant wooden spoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pulls a spoon out of his pocket it's like eh, mm. I think that's part of like your apocalypse toolkit. Gun, melee weapon, giant wooden spoon. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> gun, melee weapon, and giant wooden spoon to eat. Yes. The gun to yeah. kill the thing, the spoon to eat it with. Yes. And the yeah. melee weapon yes. because... You need it. to clobber it in case yeah. the shot doesn't work. Exactly. Because you're not doing more yes. than one bullet. Yeah. Don't waste <laughs> bullets. No, don't waste bullets. Now, this is probably the point in the in the movie, I reckon, where the soundtrack just comes into its own. There's, you know, this whole sequence where he's doing the, the surveillance, the music comes in and, you know, you get a real feel for the, for, for the size of the movie. Look, it feels epic at that stage. It goes from the sort of claustrophobic area where it's Max's immediate car inside or out and everything having to do with the car to where you see that there is an entire world of people that are suffering and trying to mm. survive in this epoxy clips. And mm. I think you're right. The music absolutely accents that in a way where the score becomes less minimal and becomes more bombastic and gets sort of a John Williams feel and just is yeah. like, you are so fucked. This is how bad the world has gotten. Yeah. And, and again, you know, this is sequence with no dialogue, no dialogue at all, just music and vehicles and yeah, amazing. Yeah. The visual storytelling that Miller is able to do is unparalleled. I can't think of anybody else that can convey an entire world just through images you know everything you need to know about max's life in the first 12 minutes before he even says a word and then mm. you need you learn everything you need to learn about what the rest of the world is like and what other people are suffering just in the sequence of the marauders circling the gasoline town and the people in the gasoline town trying to survive and figuring out what to do to escape mm. All right, so after the surveillance is over, later that night, the horde of marauders heads away for an encampment, probably going to get fucked up and party and have some sex and do some crazy stuff. They head away from the Guzzoline farm, and Max wakes up to the following morning when we see about three or four vehicles attempting to flee the Guzzoline farm out into the desert, which they are then immediately set upon by the camping marauders. There's always somebody keeping an eye on this place. All the time. They go in different directions, and they have these little encampments but they're all the way around it they are they are sieging this place oh yeah with these motor vehicles the military strategy that the marauders have the way that they're doing it they get far enough out of sight to where the people from the town can't see them but they can still see the town that's really well done the way that they do this well anyway the marauders end up seeing them and all three of the vehicles are immediately chased down because there's gasoline in them they can get the fuel that they need and if nothing else they can probably use them to get back into the town through torture or information or what have you or just a little bit of casual right, you know. <laughs> Yikes. We're almost there. Mm, yeah. <laughs> this ends up showing to where the three vehicles were sort of a distraction, and then a fourth vehicle comes out, and they're trying to give that fourth vehicle a chance to escape, and they go into a different direction. But as we mentioned earlier, these marauders are very intelligent and very well planning this siege, so they actually had that direction covered as well, and they're beset upon immediately and chased down, and it's like this little dune buggy that is crashed immediately, and Max just watches as the marauders shoot the man in the chest, pinning him to the back tire of the dune buggy that has crashed and they strip the woman down to bare ass nude and proceed to rape the ever loving shit out of her before then killing her too. I didn't see how many of them were doing it if it was just one guy. it was just one because one kind of got her down and finally settled her down and then because the other two ran, the, they all oh, the rest went chasing after. Yeah. Leaving yeah. just that guy behind with the girl. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. They pinned the one guy to the tire, basically yeah. just leaving him there so they could come back and get him. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Or and, just leaving him there to die, too. I mean. Yeah. Well, Max notices during this that the gate is remaining open and that no one is going for the gate. He goes into the car, drives off, and grabs the survivor in a chance to try and trade the survivor to the people for gasoline or to save his life for gasoline. He saves the man by cutting him loose with a pair of bolt cutters. And it looked like the one guy that just got done raping the girl was scavenging some of their clothing or something. He was trying on some boots, it looked like. Something, yeah. 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 And yeah. Max catches him unaware, and when the guy turns around, he smacks him in the face with the bolt cutters really, really hard. Oh, ow. <laughs> yeah, but I, the look on that guy's face, it's almost like, oh, did you want to turn? And it's just, it's just like so creepy. It's like, oh, mate, you are so rapey. You deserve a good kick in the face. But he doesn't kill him. No, no. He just knocks like several teeth out, probably breaks his jaw. Probably some brain damage, but fuck it. In the apocalypse, everyone already has brain damage, so yeah. that's not really a problem. Probably, but it's, I'm just saying. Sure. It's not a concern. Yeah. Listen, he just yeah. needs him incapacitated, all right? He's not out for justice and revenge, okay? He's just out to get some shit going. That's the difference between Paul Kersey and yeah. Max Rokitansky. That's right. Paul Kersey is out for revenge. Yes. Max Rokitansky is just going to lay you out. He's just trying and then to take survive. your shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if you are a horrible rapist asshole. Yeah. Well, he picks up the survivor and he ends up driving him straight into the gasoline town, but he stops just outside of the gate, pulls the survivor out of the car with him and carries him over one shoulder. And then the other arm is holding up all of his weapons to kind of say that he's coming in peace and that he just wants to bring this guy back. Everybody ushers Max and the guy back into the city. They end up trying to take care of him and trying to fix him <laughs> in whatever medicine they can actually do for the wounds or what's going on. Yeah. They're trying to treat him and save his life. And then they end up uh, tying up Max and handcuffing him down to a railing somewhere like running around the, the town. It's like with this crosswalk for the oil rig part or something like that. Well, because Max says, well, you know, I had to deal with this guy to, you know, save him and get gasoline. And basically Papa Gala, who's the guy's in town, just as well, your deal died with him. My wife actually had two observations because she watched this with me while I was doing the notes and her mm-hmm. first observation was after the first attack with all the marauders and their assless chaps she looked at me and she said wouldn't their butt cheeks get sunburnt no no this is nuclear skin they're fine <laughs> <laughs> But she did ask me that. It was particularly with like Wes, where she's like, hmm, wouldn't his ass cheeks get sunburnt? They should, they should be yes. getting sunburned out there. So <laughs> Leave it to wives to ask the important yeah. questions. The practical, well, the practicalities of wearing chaps in an apocalypse. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, having your ass hanging out in, in the apocalypse. So uh, on a on a weird side note about Wes's butt. Um, That's a segue if I've ever heard one. A sexy segue. <laughs> yeah. Where they were, were filming is uh, out in Silver, Silverton, which is in uh, New South Wales and near um, near one of the morning towns out there. Um, well, it looks really hot. It's like like fucking cold, like single figures Celsius at night. Um, and a lot of that shooting was so cold that basically um, once Wes's like skin started to turn blue on his butt, they'd all go inside. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, so that actually leads to another observation that Bev had later on in the film. She actually mentioned that his butt looked red like maybe it did get sunburned. I'm I'm wondering if he got freezer burned for being out that cold. His butt fell um, off because of frostbite. That's right, butt fell off. Apparently, originally, he was just going to be completely just arseless chaps, and they they ended up just giving him the back flap because he kept hurting himself jumping off and on the bike. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's great. That makes sense. So the citizens come out from the gasoline town and they grab their fallen comrade and they're trying to resuscitate him. They're trying to bring him back from the brink. And while they're trying to attempt to revive him, that's when Max ends up getting cheated out of the gasoline because he dies. And what was Papamalo? Is that how you pronounce the guy's name? Papagallo. Papagallo. Gallo. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just call him the leader in my notes because I'm not even trying to pronounce that again. So I'll say leader and then which can correct me with his actual name from here on out. I'm totally fine with that. But the leader. Papagallo. Thank you very much. We have a we have a bit now to do here, there's Mitch. A, there's a thing. Yeah, we and have I a, like how he points at you like you can see him. <laughs> I was waiting and I was waiting and he I'm literally pointing. pointed at you. And then you literally said it right when he pointed at you. I'm starting to think there's a camera in here. There is. All right. Yeah. Okay. Is it underneath the table? Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the leader. Papagallo. Thank you very much. <laughs> tells Max that the deal that he had for the Guzzoline was with the man who just died. And therefore that contract is now null and void. So they take his vehicle because it's the apocalypse and that's what you do. They almost kill his dog because they're going after the The dog ends up going after the mechanic who's messing with the car. And Max ends up pulling the blue healer. Do we ever hear the dog's name or is it just dog? Dog's name's dog. Yeah, it's just dog. That's what I thought. Okay, so dogs are called dog. (laughs) Makes sense. So he pulls dog off of the mechanic who is apparently paralyzed from the waist down, but they have him in this uh, hoist thing so he can work on cars at various heights. It's really ingenious the way that they do that. It's excellent. And by the way, the the mechanic in this is how I pictured what Ricky Morgan looked like in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) From the Helming Power Hour, by the way. (laughs) And Ricky, if you did, I want to see photos. I know you listen to it even though you hate us. They take all of his stuff and now Max is trapped inside of the refinery town with the Marauders on the outside. And that's when the Marauders return. They have two of the refinery's people strapped to the front of the vehicle of the bondage Jason Voorhees looking motherfucker that we will learn the name of here. And Wes is staring down Max and Max is staring down Wes. We have this sort of hero villain thing going on between the two of them. Very kind of comic booky, where they can see each other from several fast distances away. Yeah. And that, yes. And that leads us to our next clip. Greetings from the humongous, the Lord humongous, the warrior of the wasteland, the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller. I am gravely disappointed. Again, you have made me unleash my dogs of war. Look at what remains of your gallant scouts. Why? Because you're selfish. You hold your gasoline. You will not listen to reason. Now, my prisoners say, you plan to take your gasoline out of the wasteland. You send them out this morning to find a vehicle, a rig big enough to hold that fat tank of gas. What a puny plan. Look around you. This is the value of death. See? Nothing can escape. The humongous rules the wasteland. Give them nothing. Blow it up. Hamongos will not be defied. No more games. No more games. We are here for a purpose. We come with an offer. No. No more talk. We go in. We kill. We kill. 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 
steal my dog of war. I understand you, Kane. We all are someone we love, but we do it my way. Moses, Moses, wait! We do it my way. Fear is our ally. The gasoline will be ours. Then you shall have your revenge. Take him away. There has been too much violence, too much pain. None here without sin. But I have an honorable compromise. Just walk away. Give me the pump, the oil, the gasoline, and the whole compound. And I spare you lives. Just walk away. I will give you safe passage in wasteland. Just walk away. And there will be an end to the horror. I await your answer. You have one full day to decide. Okay, so a lot of stuff happening here. First of all, we need to point out that Wes is a member of the gay boy berserker faction working mm-hmm. under Humongous. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, I'm just saying that's their name of their group. Yeah. The other group is the Smegma Crazy. Yeah, and uh, mm. I, I'd rather be a gay boy berserker. <laughs> than a Smegma Crazy? <laughs> yeah. Not it does bring up an interesting paradox. Well, Smegma mm. is actually something that is present in both female and male genitalia. Yes. Because it's moisture mixed with exfoliation skin flakes and various other things that form that stuff. Did, did, did you look that did, up? Did, no, I just happened to know to that have, off the top of my head, yeah, man. That is gross. Yeah. It's a bodily how, fluid. How I need to know what need it is. To have before you go crazy. That's what I want to know. Cause, cause that sort of weirds me out. That's why I'm going, I'd rather be like a gay boy berserker than like a smegma crazy. Or are they just crazy for smegma? Like what, well, what makes them, know. what makes them a smegma crazy? Are they after the smegma or is it because they've had so much smegma? It's driven them crazy. <laughs> or Inquiring minds want to know. We've run out of Vegemite and that's the last salty oh, treat. Left oh God damn it, man. Note to self, try smegma on oh. toast. Oh, God <laughs> damn it, man! <laughs> but see, Wilson. I never, I never noticed that before until I watched it with the subtitles on, just to yeah. kind of get a little bit of an idea of what's going on, the different factions that are working under the Lord Humongous. But I think mm. what I, what I always suspected from seeing this scene is Humongous took two different groups of marauders that may have been warring factions and united them under his reign, and they all yeah. must obey him through a combination of fear and you know respect or, or whatever you have that that he might be able to do. Or he's produced shit for him so they're like well it's always produced for us from the past so right and so this two different factions you, your gay boy berserkers and your your smegma crazies i didn't remember hearing another term so i'm wondering no. if he named them that or if that was just the names that they went for because they're very different it looks like the gay boy berserkers may be more motorcycle driven yeah they're that, all they're all bikers and the smegma crazies are all vehicles right so that's their that's their differences whether you're riding in a cage or if you're riding out on a motorcycle or a dirt yeah. bike or what have you and that's kind of yeah. how i took it as maybe the boat the bike guys were warring with the car guys as which which does happen you have bikers and, and car guys always head to head with stuff you know because True. one always thinks they're better than the other on both True. sides it happens you know your motorhead for cars is always going to look down on your biker and vice versa yeah okay so during this clip as well the little feral boy ends up escaping and tosses his blade rang i don't know what else to call it it's like a fucking knife that's like a boomerang but if you don't catch it with the right glove it chops off everything. Nothing's more
more Australia than this moment right now. A blade orang? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the stainless steel just razor boomerang. That is, that's as Aussie as you want to get. Absolutely. That just is, it's awesome. Well, anyway, the kid tosses it once and he's trying to kill Wes because Wes is obviously the bad guy to go after. He's the, the leader of the gay boy berserkers. I just love saying that term. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> and Wes ducks the first time and it goes out and then it comes back. The kid catches it and then the kid tosses it at Wes's head again and this time he ends up slaughtering Wes's cum dumpster. Uh, there's no better term for it. Yeah, okay. Now, I mean, if you if you ask Vernon Wells, that, apparently there was a deleted scene that suggested that the golden boy um, had been rescued by Wes and was actually like his surrogate son. But that's only according to Vernon Wells. Because he didn't want to make it that he was actually a gay character even though he was working with the gay boy yeah. berserkers. Now, yeah. Court, if you want to be respectable, it's not his cum dumpster, but his cum receptacle. <laughs> no, in the Ooh. apocalypse, he's a cum dumpster. <laughs> There's no respect in the apocalypse. I use that term for anyone that is just there for the sexual gratification of another person, and I'm pretty sure Ooh. that that little golden boy, that's all he's there for. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I, I get yeah. it. I just thought, yeah. you know. He's basically treating him like Danny McBride treated Channing Tatum at the end of uh, The End. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was supposed to be the point. You yeah. see that shit? Ooh. I slide right in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so like G.I. Joe, dude. <laughs> after Wes's cum dumpster is killed by the feral kids, Blado Rang, Wes freaks out, grabs the Blado Rang, and just tosses it out in the middle of nowhere. And the feral kid does sort of a backflip and then goes and hides in his little ferret hole thing that he dug, that weird well, the, tunnel. The, that one guy goes to catch. That does happen too, <laughs> but that's, uh, uh, he goes to catch it and he ends up losing his fingers. Now yeah. he's, he's the mouthpiece. Yes. Now yeah. the idea that Miller had, this is something that I read as well, or Miller and the filmmakers had was they took the ultimate villain character and split him into three different people. Oh, I gotcha. Humongous yeah. is the brains and sort of brawn. Mm. Wes represents the insanity of an of a of yeah. a villain, and then the mouthpiece is the main guy, whatever he mm. is, who does that speech. And yes, he does lose his fingers from the blade orang as well. And they all just yeah. laugh at him, you fucking asshole. That was in yeah. my notes, but I had to mention the death of the cum dumpster because I had to get to that first because yeah. I want to keep saying well, that cum happened dumpster. first. It was the yeah. say cum dumpster. Sure. So that character is called Toady. Toady, yes. Toady. He is the Toady. Um, yeah, and he's, he's just yeah, he's just a minion, just a faceless little turd that is the voice. That's the only reason he gets to stay is because he can he can actually speak. How sad is it that your life is going to be an orator in the apocalypse for a horribly burned Jason Voorhees knockoff? Yeah, really. Not a <laughs> lot of that seems like easy work. You just have to be the voice. Yeah, but he may be more than just the voice. Something tells me that he is also a cum dumpster for a few of the. Oh, See, yeah, that's a bad. Now, if too. all yeah. he has to do is talk, then you, you know that's a pretty easy job for the apocalypse. You got it pretty made. But I'm pretty sure in the you apocalypse, you also have to be the cub dumpster. Then things are going badly for you. In the apocalypse, you have to give up one of the rings. I'm sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, so Wes freaks out and ends up wanting to go in and kill, and he's just having a nuts kind of moment where he's angry and upset about the loss of his surrogate son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't even bother. The loss of his cum receptacle. Yeah, his his cum dumpster, his his pretty boy who's just there to his cum catcher. Yes, whatever. And the thing is, like when when Humongous is like trying to like basically like choke him out, he actually says, you know, like be still, my dog of war. I understand your pain. We've all lost someone we love. So to me, I think that pretty much says cum dumpster. <laughs> Absolutely. And also, what's going on there is he's starting to choke him out. It's because he can't 
can't control Wes and calm him down otherwise. So he actually mm. has to literally put him in a chokehold and make him pass out in order to get him to stop. And that's why mm. Wes is going absolute ape shit. And mm. that's one of the things that he does say. He, he does basically tell him that we've all lost someone. So you kind of get a peek behind Humongous as well. He's not necessarily where he wants to be. This isn't something that he enjoys. He doesn't want to be this person. It's just that this is all he has left mm. is to be this scavenger. You get a you get a hint of sadness in his voice where he's like, you feel like he doesn't want to be this person. No. But mm. everything that mattered to him is gone. And so he doesn't have anything to attach him to this world. So he's just going to take whatever he can until he dies. That's yeah, and, and it starts to blur the lines between humongous Wes and Max because they're all so closely aligned. You know, they've all lost someone they love. They're all just, just surviving. They're not where they want to be. They're just surviving. Yeah, there's really blurred lines. More or less, whoever side you're on is because of the person that you followed beforehand. Because <laughs> you follow Max and Max kind of gets set up to be your hero. But if you reshot this film or if you just kind of recut it in a certain way, you could be following Humongous and you could see where Humongous would be the hero because they need gasoline to survive and these people are hoarding it. You know, there's <laughs> there's really no good side. The other side of it is hoarding all of this gasoline and the other people need it in order to survive because you got to stay mobile in this world, <laughs> you know, to be able to get things to scavenge. And so it's it's an interesting idea that, you know, everybody is a victim, even the ones who are victimizing. Mm. So on a completely random note, um, have you ever seen the anime Fist of the North Star? Absolutely. So Lord Humongous right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally get what you're getting at. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Every time I see, see like every time I watch this, I just go, oh, it's Fist of the North Star. And then I have to watch Fist of the North Star. These two would make a great companion piece, but don't watch the live action Fist of the North Star. Go straight back to the anime. Oh, yeah. No, the live action one, not good. <laughs> no. Oh. All right. So after choke holding Wes and making him pass out, Humongous then delivers the ultimatum that we heard in the clip. Just walk away and there will be an end to the horror. Just walk away. <laughs> Which I deliver to Matt on the regular whenever he's doing something to annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> Just walk away, Matt, and there will be an end to the horror. And I typically don't. I just keep doing it. Then the Marauders all fire up their vehicles and drive off to their respective camps. And then this begins the ultimate arguments for everyone in the town. Half the people just want to pack up and leave, leave all the gas behind. The other half are essentially feeling like they deserve everything that they put in the hard work to do the refinery. They've made this gasoline. It's theirs. They should get to keep it. Also, that most of them are like, they're lying. They're going to kill us. Yeah, no matter what. No matter what we do, they're going to try to kill us. So we're just making it easier for them if we walk out. They're either going to kill you or worse. They're going to keep you as their cum dumpsters. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So um, Arky Whitley, are you familiar with Arky Whitley? I don't recognize the name, but if what character are you talking about? So Arky Whitley is the blonde girl. Okay, the one with the ponytail that the gyrocopter gets sweet on. Yes. Okay. Arky Whitley is also in Razorback, which was shot in exactly the same area. <laughs> oh man, Razorback is another one we'll have to do someday. Which? <laughs> oh, see, well, I did. I did do Razorback on the food chain. Also available on the Legion Podcast Network. Yeah, man, that's uh, the guy from um, uh, Highlander, right? The sit Russell Mulcahy, right? Same director. Yeah, that's fucking yep. awesome. Yeah, it feels such like a fucking music video from the day. It really does. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a whole lot of stuff that that well, it's a crap load of music video like links in that movie that are just insane. So the town basically, some of them do try and escape and they just walk away as they were told and then we see 
feral kid showing off his blado rang to max max ends up showing him the music box which i'm guessing the feral kid never saw or heard anything music wise so he goes Ooh. apeshit at how cool it is proving once again that mad max is essentially the wasteland messiah that we all deserve yes <laughs> he ends up giving he ends up giving the kid that little music box which makes his day and then we hear more people debating about how to get away and how they're going to escape and how they're going to take the fuel with them if they are going to go what are they going to do should they run away and the arguments get worse and worse and people end up almost coming to blows about it and then the leader Papagallo ends up trying to calm everybody down and telling them to shut up for a moment and that's when Max finds his opening and gives them his plan and he basically says he's making another deal with them that he's going to bring them this rig that he saw out in the middle of nowhere and that all they have to do is load him up with all the gasoline that he can carry and give him his vehicle back whenever he brings the truck back. So Max goes wandering off with roughly four cans of gas. Now, um, looks like they're about, what, two-gallon tanks, I'm guessing, because he asked for four gallons of diesel and one gallon of high-octane gas. So I'm yeah. guessing three of those are like half filled with diesel and then the last are maybe one full weight or two filled with diesel and then one is like half filled because they looked yeah. about two gallons and there's only four cans Yeah, and he asked Ooh. for five gallons total liquid so that's why I'm guessing there's at least a two gallon can. Yeah. Either that or they yeah. just overlooked that. Well, I mean, there's a few spots in there where it's pretty obvious those cans are empty. Yes. Um, <laughs> there's no way they would be able to carry them like they were if they even were half full. <laughs> yeah. So there's two bits in this sequence where he's obviously sneaking out into the into the desert at night that um, okay, I'm going to be honest, they fucked me off. Um, <laughs> one is they're in the middle of the desert where all the fucking frogs noise is coming from. That's a, <laughs> After an epoxy clips as well. Clips. Yeah, that's right. So frogs. Uh, and two, there are no wolves in Australia. Okay. There are no fucking wolves. So again, why, what was it with all the wolf house? What about coyotes? Right? No coyotes. We have dingoes and dingoes don't howl. But they do steal your babies. They nuclear. will eat your baby. It was a nuclear. Well, actually, it was nuclear war. Maybe they all mutated and now they can howl. Maybe the dogs um, that went wild are now howling. Yeah, that's a stretch. Um, and in full Meryl Streep, a dungo ate my baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, those are parts of the film that I never even thought of. But is this really supposed to be Australia, though, or is it just a place where there's the apocalypse where well, there could gotta, be wolves? Yeah, no, I'm saying it's Australia because <laughs> Mac, Max was in the MFP. Okay, so we're, yeah, so you know, it, oh, I'm saying it's Australia. So fuck you, it's my country. <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry, witch. So we could totally see why this part bugs you. For me, I have a hard time believing that Max would be that careless while walking around with the gasoline cans that he would fall and make all that noise that would alert those guys. This whole, Mm. that whole sequence could be excised. All you have to do is see him walking away with the gas cans and then cut to the next day that we're at already anyway, where the gyrocopter captain is pulling that giant log that Max chained him to. (laughs) Yeah half dead wow. through the desert and Max catches yeah. up with him and then just has the dog go get him. He could have yeah. caught up with him and just walked up to him even carrying the stuff, <laughs> yeah. but he has to yeah. humiliate him even more by having the dog go fetch him. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's just like, it's just like, get him dog. That's it. Yeah. Nothing more than that. Just get him dog. Max finds him and forces him to then carry all of the cans of gasoline for him. <laughs> they end up. Fo- yeah. I mean, he basically turns this guy into his personal slave. He's going to regret the day he ever tried to trick Max Rocketansky. All right. So 
so they get back to the gyro captain's gyrocopter and find a dead scavenger, which the gyro captain is very happy about. Although he did lose a snake and then he fights with the dog over the snake corpse because he says something along the lines of, I train this snake, I get to eat it. <laughs> I think yeah, he yeah. says. <laughs> which is fair. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Max starts digging through the pockets of the scavenger who is dead, finding an old shotgun shell that basically dissolves into nothing. And then a second shotgun shell that holds together, which he then uses to load his sawed off shotgun, which makes it that much more hilarious that he has kept the gyro captain hostage with an unloaded shotgun the entire time. And the gyro captain even says, is like, that's not even fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just mean. <laughs> That's low. Yeah, low. That's, yeah, that's what he says. It's low. It's great. Low. All right, so they end up gassing up the copter and then fly off to get the tanker. Max ends up getting it all repaired and gets it fired up. I think they replace a few tires too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. I, I can't. Yeah, looks like they just like pull tires off the trailer and just whack them on the track because they're not even. No, but they got enough to get it moving again, and that's all that matters because you know mm. they just need to get their tanker from point A to point B for the for the gas. That was an Australian-made Mack truck, by the way, just for, for the record. Nice. Well, that explains why it survived the apocalypse then. <laughs> okay, so he gives the copter pilot the keys for the manacle chains, I'm guessing. Something along those yeah. lines. Yeah. And then he heads off for the refinery with the truck after prepping for the coming battle. The gyro captain follows him flying above in the air. And then we see Wes and crew freak out and begin the attack to try and stop the rig. So they blow out some of the tires on the truck trying to get it to crash, getting into the stop so they can get it max. Some of them end up hopping on the rig and more of the marauders are pursuing him. Humongous loads his gun and takes a shot at the truck, basically hits the engine block and cracks it on the way in. Yeah. So this is an, an interesting side note. Humongous's gun is in the case. Yes. There's a big death's head symbol on the top of the case. Yeah, and he's kind of German. He sounds almost German, so is he well, a former German dude, soldier? Well, see, because that's like a, a like a, a, an SS like case, like an SS um, military case that he used. So, yeah, the question is, is yeah, is, is he, which blows away the whole um, goose theory. So um, the dude that plays Humongous, uh, Kajal Nilsson, is actually Swedish. <laughs> but you, you get that feel that, yeah, Swedish, you know, sounds Eastern European scary. But, yeah, that was, so there was a callback to say, yeah, was he actually like a, a military criminal or something else like that as part of the story? The other thing, too, that's actually pretty interesting, inside the case, there's like a medal of honor of some sort, like some mm. kind of, like some kind of military award and then there's two different photos there's one of like a old-timey photo of a couple that might be his parents and then mm. there's there's another photo that's a little bit newer but it's still an older photo that could be a wife so that could be the people that he's lost that has driven him to this extent and who knows the theory that i had is that he is a military man that might have been on loan out in australia before this apocalypse that happened and that's why he talks differently than everybody else and has that accent and that possibly this military case and this gun is something that he took as a spoil of war from a Nazi that he killed. And that's why Maybe. it has that that yeah. has that meaning to him. And that's why he keeps the case. Because the case is lovingly kept. Everything else oh, yeah. everything else on his rig is fucked. But that case <laughs> is kept very nicely and preserved. And he even has like a special like place that he stores it at. So hmm. that's just kind of some of the things that I read into it too from seeing that that I don't think he necessarily is an escaped war criminal. I think that's a spoil of war that he took off of an SS officer that he may have killed during the war and that's how far back he goes who knows or maybe it was his father's and his father took it off and that's why the photo of the older couple or the older photo of a young couple there might be 
his father it was his father's case and this is like the last bastion of his humanity he's keeping just yeah. a thought his father yes his father his father now go smelt some penises i'm touch isn't that weird <laughs> <laughs> Freaky deaky Dutch. <laughs> All right, so Humongous takes the shot, cracks the engine block, but Max ends up flying past and pulls up a sort of makeshift tent, giving us some much-needed, rare, non-rapey nudity in the film because there's a couple throwing down inside the tent. The lady's Ooh. on top, so on. the only time you can actually say thank you movie during this film <laughs> with right. its nudity. Yeah. And it's a callback to the very start of Mad Max. Yes, yeah, Ooh. where the, the blow the... The, their couples out there and their their tent gets blown off of them uh, or whatever. Yeah. Or was yeah. it, was a, it was a tub. No, right? that, yeah, they, they were out there and then the coppers were spying on them and they didn't realize until the very last minute. But it's almost like you could almost go, it's very, very similar. Enough of a callback anyway. There's a lot of stuff where they have little subtle hints like that in this film for the first one as <laughs> well. So I definitely kind of got that sensation that that might have been what they were referencing was the couple that were in the waiting pool <laughs> having yeah. sex out <laughs> in the middle of the, the outback yeah. there. All right, so the engine block is all shot up, but Max still takes the rig on into the final stretch and gets it right in to the town with two vehicles of the marauders following closely behind and they get inside they're still desperately trying to stop that truck because that means they can move the tanker without them and this is trouble for them max makes it in wes is on the truck still at this point and then the gasoline people start fighting with all of their might to get the marauders out and or kill them and incapacitate them wes causes a serious amount of damage and shitloads of problems as he's moving around he ends up killing a guy after doing this very dramatic backflip over top of him yes that you can actually see the, the springboard. <laughs> You're ruining the magic. No, you, you can totally fucking see the <laughs> yeah, springboard. No, 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 no. <laughs> totally fucking see it. And you can totally tell that he turns into somebody that's slightly more spelt than the actual guy playing Wes because that was yeah. not Vernon Wells no, yeah. doing that flip. Yeah, that was not Vernon Wells doing that flip. No yeah. way. Yeah. Although he would probably have us try to believe that that was him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? If Vernon Wells, I meet him and he tells him the, that he did that flip, he did that flip. Did, I'm not arguing yeah, with him. Yeah, you did that flip. <laughs> Of course you did that flip. Of course you did that flip, and you did not have a springboard. It was obvious. You do that flip yeah. right now. Now, you choose not to, and I respect that, but I believe you could do that flip now. As a matter of fact, yeah, it, I would never try to pressure you, but I believe that you could. I just want to say I believe in you. That's all I want to say. <laughs> Please don't hurt me, Mr. Wells. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> Can you let I go totally of my hand now, sir? I didn't have angry guy sex with that blonde boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was your ward. <laughs> he was your ward. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. <laughs> yes, Bruce. <laughs> All right. So Wes ends up causing a shitload of problems and then ends up escaping after having a little bit of a showdown with Max, telling him that he's going to kill him or something along those lines. Max. Oh, and no, he, he says the classic line. You, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> That is the cheesiest line on the face of this earth. I hate when that's in movies. <laughs> I mean, of course you could hide. But when Vernon Wells delivers, when, Ve- no, no. when Vernon yeah. Wells delivers it, it's absolutely not cheesy in any way, shape, or form. Mr. Wells, you're hurting my head. Please, Mr. Wells. Go, please. please, Mr. Wells. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then Max ends up maintaining the flamethrower after the leader, Papagallo, gets shot with an arrow and ends up falling down. He takes one in the hip. All right, so the gyro captain ends up putting some moves on the young blonde lady that ended up in Razorback shortly after this. And Ooh. we then find that the truck actually can be fixed. The mechanic says everything that's wrong with it, which is relayed back and forth. And instead of having the leader, Papagallo, walk over or be dragged over to talk directly to him, he 
shouts to a guy who then shouts to a guy who talks to the mechanic and then shouts back. They have the world's worst version of telephone call going on <laughs> across the camp. And I can't remember everything that he is, but he, he let the engine blocks crack. They have to fix the water pump. There's a bunch of stuff that's wrong with it. The mechanic says he needs 24 hours. Then the leader Papagallo. says he can have 12, which I think is exactly how much time that the mechanic wanted anyway. He just asked for more so that he would have enough time to fix it. Or you see, he like acts like he can make mechanic it work. in the world. As every technical person in the world should, even when you are a coder, you tell them it'll take yeah. you twice as long as it actually will. Of course. So when you get it done in half the time, you look amazing. Uh, definitely. Every yeah, every sure. tech guy does that. I mean, that's You're pulling a and Scotty. Gal, every tech guy and gal does that. Yes. You're pulling Ooh. a Scotty. <laughs> when you say you can't do it, you don't have the power, and yes, then all of a sudden... Yes, all of a sudden it happens. Yeah. <laughs> it turned out you had the power all along. You already knew that, but you got to look good in front of the captain. <laughs> Because the only time he notices you is when there's a problem and he needs engineering. Well, also it probably yeah. gets you another bottle of scotch down the line. So you just uh. just trying to get to the next bottle. Oddly enough, Chekhov drinks scotch and Scotty drinks vodka. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Now, if you were curious about this this movie being in Australia, there is one one point in here where it would 100% confirm it. And when they're shouting to everybody to go and do stuff, there's a bloke there called Timbo. Okay. Right. So it, it, names that end in O, typically Australian. Timbo. Ambo, Servo, Bottolo, Jimbo. Septo. Names it in and out. Yeah. <laughs> Pedo. <laughs> Pedo, yeah. We got we got Matt covered on both sides there. Pedo and Septo. Oh. oh. <laughs> He's more upset about the Pedo than the Septo. Yeah. That's oh, what, okay, Pervo, Devo. Pervo? That, that, yeah, that's Pervo. Fine. Interesting fact about Devo. When you have a problem, you must whip it. Whip it good. <laughs> Why are you all wearing these funny hats? They seem stackable. Are they not men? No, they are Devo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the warrior woman ends up coming up to Max after he brings the truck back and tells him that she was wrong about him and that she decides that, you know, he actually is a good person or whatever. And then Max pretty much kills this whole thought because he's like, really? I'm just going to get my gas and split so fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) And fans of Farscape should recognize the warrior woman if you painted her all in blue. Correct. Holy shit. Same actress, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Having a hard time deciding which version of her I crush over more as the warrior woman that's all a powerful fucking warrior goddess. Alien. Or or, the blue. Yeah, alien. You smurf fucker. (laughs) I would totally, I would totally Kirk that blue chick. No two ways about it. (laughs) You you would learn your way around alien. Which which is also a smurf fucker. (laughs) Oh, I'd be just bump up, bump up, bump Call me Gargamel. Call me Gargamel. <laughs> Call me Brainy. Yeah. Who's, yeah, your Who's your Papa Smurf? Who's your Papa Smurf? Oh, yeah. Gargamel this baby. Um. <laughs> Next, he's going to talk about how he's going to do it in the Azrael. <laughs> okay, we got to get back to the movie here. We're almost done, guys. Come on. <laughs> well, Max basically sure. decides he's going to split and he just wants the gasoline. So that night, Humongous and his men go on a torture murder frenzy. This is done in cross dissolves, but from the looks of it, they are partying it up and they are just going crazy, crucifying people, lighting them on fire. It looks like they were drawn and quartering the first guy that was stuck between two tow truck rigs where they had him tied mm. up. And I think they were going to then quarter him mm. after yeah. they drew 
Uada's guts. Like they were, they just hint at it. You don't see a lot of the stuff, but it's just enough to where it plays in the back of your mind that Humongous is making the people that they're holding hostage pay for what the town has just done. Yeah. And the so, whole time, you know, he's ranting and raving and, you know, just obviously driving them insane. He's doing like dramatic hand gestures too, where he's doing like the metal thing. Like you could almost see like Bruce Dickerson, the way that Bruce Dickerson and Iron Maiden, when he performs, he does those dramatic gestures to get to the back of the auditorium. Mm. And you see a yeah. lot of those same kind of like the claw hand movements and, and all that kind mm. of stuff where he's like almost operatic with his performance where he wants well, them to see It's him. like full flex. It's just like, you know, I'm going to flex and point, you know, do that. Oh, what time is it? Oh, check my pecs. <laughs> These are breasts made out of meat. They are called pecs. <laughs> and for being a dramatically mutated and radiation burned human being, the humongous is in terrific shape. Oh, yeah. Guy doesn't skip leg day. No. Except for his face. Not so much. Well, that's why he has the Jason Voorhees mask. Yeah. And I think something this happened. This is what to... Jason Voorhees would be if he did CrossFit. And I think his neck is so burned he can't hold up his own head, which is why he has that rubber gasket thing with the springs to hold up his own head. No, that's just yep. for the look. Well, there's that, but I think there's some practicality to it as well. Sure, sure. <laughs> he also states, too, that none of them will escape alive as he's torturing all these people and tormenting the people behind the walls psychologically. But the whole town is busy working all night trying to get the truck repaired, trying to get all of their vehicles ready to go and get their rig ready to move so that they can get ready to get out as soon as possible because they need to make an exodus. And then we see the gyro pilot trying to convince the young blonde lady from Razorback to leave with him and to go off and hunt a Razorback. Mm. He thinks he's got it. He thinks he's going to have her go with him, but then she starts feeling guilty and she just can't go with him or leave the people behind because she's actually somewhat of a moralistic person in an apocalypse. Not going to live very long without someone to protect her. Yeah, that's right. Because you can't have morals in an apocalypse. You can't be running this kind of business. All this time, Max is filling up his gas tanks and that leads yeah. to our next clip. I told you he's leaving. What did I tell you? Look, he's leaving. Look, I don't have time for long speeches. I want you to drive the tanker. Sorry. We had a contract. I kept my part of the bargain. We'll make a new contract. Got all I need here. You don't have a future. I could offer you that. Rebuild our lives. Max, buy a ticket for 2,000 miles. You have to come, Sonny. This is where we're going. Paradise. 2,000 miles from here. Fresh water, plenty of sunshine, nothing to do but breathe. No, thanks. What is it with you? Huh? What are you looking for? Come on, Max, everyone's looking for something. You happy out there, are you? Hey, wandering? One day blurring into another? You're a scavenger, Max. You're a maggot. You know that? You're living off the corpse of the old world. Tell me your story, Max. Come on, tell me your story. What burns you out, huh? Kill one man too many? See too many people die? Lose some family? Oh, so that's it. You make you something special, does it? Hey? Listen to me. Do you think you're the only one that's suffered? We've all been through it in here. But we haven't given up. We're still human beings with dignity. But you, you're out there with the garbage. You're nothing.
So after this, Max rigs the gas tanks once again with his bomb, and the feral kid tries to hitch a ride when Max opens the passenger door. The kid is sitting there in the seat meant for Max's dog. Max sends him on his way by throwing something, and when the kid goes, to, I think it was the, the little uh, it was the mu- music box, yeah, it was right? the music box, yeah. When the kid goes to grab it, Max grabs his gear and tosses it at the kid and tries to shoo him off, and he almost has to stomp his feet and scream like he's releasing an animal back into the wild. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> Max is then... Uh, confronted by the gyro captain who he also snubs and darts off from. Max is trying to cut all ties because he knows if he gets involved with these people, he's going to make the sacrifice that he always makes for other people that he's not prepared to do again. Yeah, That police training that he has or that drive to do what's right in spite of his own safety mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. his undoing every time. Yes. Everything yeah. bad that ever happens to Max is when he tries to help somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Which is kind of interesting. Alright, so they cut from this to Wes sees Max taking off and goes into hot pursuit once again. The way that the car chase ends up happening, Max throws on the blower. He's got all this gas to waste and he gets ahead. And this is where actually where Wes steals Humongous's vehicle. Yeah. Is here. They take Humongous's car. It's actually a modified like F-150 truck. Yeah. But they take yeah. his vehicle and you can see like when Humongous sees them doing it, like he gets pissed. You don't take Humongous's ride. Well, I, don't, uh, well, I think in any yeah. point in time you don't take someone's ride in the pocket you know you you don't take someone's vehicle like you don't take a ride on another man's bike without asking exactly and that's pretty much a giant fucking bike (laughs) he turned the truck (laughs) into a bike is what that thing is Um, so his truck's actually an F100 it's not a 150 150 is the next model up okay yeah it's a big fucking vehicle that they turned it's a big fuck off Ford (laughs) exactly (laughs) now Mm. they use this nitro injection which is put on to (laughs) this is the most unsafe way to have nitro on a vehicle that you could ever possibly do. It's tanks on the... It's the the apocalypse, man. Nothing's about safety here. Yeah, but it's on the side where it could easily get struck by something on fire. It's just out there in the open and there's like four tanks. There's two on either side, so it's not a little bit. No, it's two big... It's four big-ass tanks just on the outside and just, yeah, run it out, no worries. It's crazy. The amount of fucking nitro they have on this thing is ridiculous, but they have to do it simultaneously. They have to turn on all the tanks just right, so they time it out. They turn on all the tanks and the afterburner goes nuts and they're all over the place. They end up right up on Max's ass. They force him to crash. They send him down over the cliff. Then Wes sends a couple guys down to get the gas out of Max's car. One of them being the Toady character who apparently can still get gas with just one hand. Of course. And a thumb. <laughs> one thing, wait, wait, the pointer and the thumb, right? <laughs> yeah, I think he, yeah, he lost three yeah, fingers, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's yeah, got he two. lost three fingers. So you can still you know, get, you get still, this done. You can, you can unscrew stuff. Yeah, with the two fingers. Yeah, he can still... He's a man. So I'm guessing that's what Toadie does is he has to go get the gas. That's his other job if he's not a a sperm receptacle. (laughs) No, yeah. So they're going to get the gas and Toadie's getting ready to undo the gas caps and do whatever to fill it up. And one of the lackeys of Wes shoots the dog, you motherfucker. Dick. Dick move. But the (laughs) the dog saves Max's life by taking the arrow for him. Max can't even raise the weapon. He's so fucked up from the crash. 
And then the giant explosion happens whenever Toadie opens up the tank. And this makes Wes think that Max is dead as well. And so he's happy and they head back. They cut to Gastown as the gyro captain sees the smoke from afar. And then we cut back and see Max crawling away from the explosion and the accident. And he is extremely fucked up and mostly dead. Yes, mostly dead. But the thing about mostly mostly dead dead is you're slightly alive. You're slightly alive. A little bit alive. The only thing you can do with all dead is go through his pockets and look for loose change. That's right. For the interceptor, though. Yeah. Just a moment of silence for the interceptor because it was sad. And that also, was the last of the V8. And also the dog. Yeah. Well, the dog first and then the interceptor. That's not how you put it, though, Witch. <laughs> he can always get a new dog, but that was the absolute last of the interceptors. <laughs> See? Or I wasn't going to say it, but now you brought it up. <laughs> Which is like, I wasn't going to say it, but now that you said it first, I totally agree. <laughs> All right. So Max ends up rolling over and ends up seeing the gyrocopter flying above him, and it looks sort of like a wartime shot where the choppers are overhead and they have this really sort of uh, disoriented uh, double printing thing where everything's like moving around extra. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all yeah. the scene where Max is like all fucked up from the crash. It's I think they're trying to show that he has some kind of a concussion or a brain damage or some shit. And then he kind of comes to somewhat on top of the gyrocopter and he's floating above the war zone beneath him and that really feels like something you would yeah. see out of a war film right. or something. Oh, let's straight out of MASH. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> and somewhere Max looks up at the gyrocopter and says, I thought it was a chicken. <laughs> it says goodbye written out in rocks. Yeah. <laughs> or dog guts. Suicide is painless. I'll mute you. Knock it off. <laughs> okay, so he ends up coming to somewhat patched up and in a makeshift hospital truck because it's just the back of a box truck that he's laying in. And yeah. that goddamned feral kid is there and has all of Max's stuff. You son of a bitch. I think he ended up going back to the crash site and scavenging what he could. Probably. And then brought yeah. Max all of his stuff back is what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. Ma- Max walks out of this makeshift hospital truck and now offers to drive the rig in our next clip. Okay, settle down. If it's all the same to you, I'll drive that tanker. The offer is closed. Too late for deals. No deals. I'm going to drive the truck. Why? Why a big change of heart? Believe me, I haven't got a choice. And how do you think you'd do it? I mean, look at you. You couldn't even drive a wheelchair. You should look at yourself, Max. You're a mess. Come on, cut the crap. I'm the best chance you've got. Right, let's get moving. So everyone loads up and gets ready for the mass exodus and Max fires up the truck with the warrior woman and the mechanic ready to fight on top of the tanker. And here is where you definitely see some callbacks in Fury Road. Those battle vehicles are so this truck. I never saw Fury Road. To the nth degree. You will eventually. Okay. (laughs) In about two years. In about two years. Two years from now, we'll watch Fury Road. Yeah, because in one year from now, literally a year ago, like today, I did the notes for Mad Max, (laughs) and now we're recording Mad Max 2 a year later. Which, we're all going to be drawing retirement by the end of this run. (laughs) 
<laughs> we only got two more years, so if you're planning on retiring uh, yeah. in two years, then uh, that's true. I've seen your debts. There's no way There's you can no do way. that. <laughs> I don't think anybody can right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> if we're all going to be here, if the world will be here. Yeah. All right. So they're ready to fight, and the gyro captain has a bunch of Molotov cocktails in the chopper, and he drops them here and there on top of Humongous's men to sort of clear a path for the truck to get going, and then all of the townspeople leave. Basically, the marauders all think that all the gasoline is in the truck, so they go after that, and very few of them stick around for the townspeople, but they go in to try and take over the town, and then the townspeople all flee, Yeah, and the place is wired up, so the town completely fucking explodes once they all get in there. Humongous and everybody else goes after the truck, and we have probably the most glorious fucking action chase sequence on film ever. <laughs> it really oh, doesn't yeah. get much better than this. This is a great Ooh. scene. The marauders are going after the truck. A handful go to try and take over the gas town, which we mentioned, which it explodes everywhere. And we have to talk about that explosion because that is a glorious goddamn ball of flame, complete with uh, a mushroom that, cloud when it's done. Is that like what Michael Bay like has a wet dream about? Michael Bay mm. could not get anything this beautiful. I, I'm saying he can't do it. I'm saying, is this what he wet dreams about? Yeah, because this was all practically done. Yeah, like his like yeah. this is his dream of being able to pull something off like this. I think he rotoscoped it out of this film and made even more bubblosions everywhere from this. <laughs> the fireball that comes out of that town is fucking glorious. The huge explosion. And I'm guessing because they're out in the middle of nowhere in the outback in the desert, they can get away with such a huge explosion. Yeah. And yeah. you can you can yeah. you can tell how deadly they were expecting it to be because this is the furthest from any explosion Miller has ever filmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, and to understand the scope of that explosion you can still see where that explosion is now the burn marks are still there yes there is there was that much damage from that explosion uh <laughs> that, that apparently you can still see it you can see the the hole in the earth and all the burn the marks hole and, yeah and all the burns and everything it's all because there's nothing there it's right. just fucking it's and it's apparently you can still see the spot where the explosion is that's awesome <laughs> all right so they cut from that to the marauders in hot pursuit of the truck there's that huge battle we were talking about that commences on the road so wes is literally chained up and held in place because he was a naughty boy and this is the mm. only way the humongous could keep him contained for this yeah but then he's literally uh, let off the chain yeah chained <laughs> up and and on the front of the truck driving around now where have we seen that uh, Fury Road. Yeah, yeah, they did that with uh, with Max. Yeah, Max was tied up like that when they were getting when he was just a, basically a blood bag. Yeah, <laughs> I love that whole putting people on the front of the truck so they're like your bumper. You make human beings yeah. your bumper with uh -huh. that, those big uprights <laughs> that they're tied to, and they're still there. Those people from the town are still tied to the front of Humongous's yep. truck the whole time. And so Wes is let loose. Humongous actually unhooks it, and then he's chained up to the point where his manacles have to be cut. He actually has to have the chain between his arms cut with bolt cutters by somebody else and then he's let loose so he heads out and starts trying to fuck some shit up by jumping across some vehicles and getting to max's rig that he's on the gas town people use a bunch of maltos to try and defend the truck both the warrior woman and the mechanic the warrior woman uses the bow and arrows occasionally but they're both mm. tossing maltos at this point which yeah and there's a few vehicles there that you can see that the fire gel 
bell on the hood <laughs> as the as the Molotov hits it, just to get you know, no, seriously on fire. <laughs> I also want to point out too, if you're driving a giant tanker full of gasoline, is your best plan to throw fire at everybody? Of course. Yeah, exactly. Perfect yeah. plan. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you gonna be such a negative Nancy all the time? Because I want to live. <laughs> sure. I want to live. <laughs> the Marauders are using grappling hooks while the Gastown people are using Molotov cocktails. There's even a scene where one of the guy in the very back, which it looks like it was a uh, the bed of a truck that they just welded onto the back of the rig's yeah. tanker there. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, there's a there's a grappling hook that's thrown into that and it catches the gasoline town guy's leg and causes him to scream because obviously that hurts like a mother and then they pull it right out and break the weld and that guy gets dragged and ran over. Mm. Uh, then they start using the grappling hooks where they're trying to slow down the tanker by holding onto the hooks and using the vehicles to pull it down, which we see later in Fury Road. They perfect mm. that with vehicles that actually spike the ground and try and slow it down even more where they have to drag it with their battle trucks. Nice. So yeah. it's very interesting the progression that we see of this uh, marauding as he learns. And like we said before, the way that the tankers get attacked in the original Mad Max where they pull vault on top of it to grab the gas and stuff yeah. and take yeah. over the truck, you see the, as society dwindles, you see the more and more desperate ways that they make these attacks and the siege weapons become more and more prominent. <laughs> it's kind of interesting the way that the evolution happens. Yeah. So the mechanic is lit on fire because he gets shot in the arm with an arrow when he goes to toss a Molotov cocktail, which smacks him and he catches on fire. He can't feel it on his legs, obviously, but then he tries to slap the fire out, <laughs> catching his hands on fire. And Smart. then he just sits there and stares at his hands like, you know, nothing wrong, whatever. Can't feel it. He's covered in leather. Nothing wrong with me. <laughs> then the warrior woman is shot with a four-way arrow launcher by Wes, who again is constantly fucking up other people's shit. <laughs> yeah. In more ways than one because he's one of the gay boy berserkers. I'm just saying. Uh, huh? Huh? Oh. Okay, so the mechanic puts himself out using a bag of water, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to say it's urine. water. Yeah, I'm going with Matt. Urine. It's urine. Oh, you think it's a colostomy bag? I think so. You, yeah. think, you think he used his colostomy bag to put out his legs? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have to, but he did it anyway because it's <laughs> sterile and he likes the way it felt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, the smell crazy. There's a, there's a perfectly good amount of water right next to him, but no, 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 no. He yeah. had to use his own urine. Yeah. It's the only yeah. way to be sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. It's called recycling. Thank you. Wes gets on board the truck and Max loses both of his defenders because basically the warrior woman gets shot. She falls off to the side after the mechanic puts himself out. He then tries to pull up her body, which is a complete waste of time and resources. Yep. And that is used by one of the marauders to pull them both off the truck and get both their bodies ran over. Yep. Straight under the wheels. That was, it looks awesome when that happens too. Yeah. The way that they shot that with the dummies, at least I hope they're dummies and not stunt people getting run over. <laughs> it looked incredible. It was really well done. Yeah. Max shotgun blasts the driver of the vehicle that just caused the two people who were his defenders to get run over, causing a bit of a pileup. Now, I don't know if he killed the guy because it looks like the pellets made it through and then just kind of blinded him, but then he looks like he recovers and starts to drive again. Or somebody else was hopped into the vehicle and then took over and pushed the guy's corpse out of the way. Could have been one of those yeah. two things. Couldn't really one tell. Of, yeah, it was hard to tell. But in one shape, one way, shape, or form, the car gets itself back together and he ends up going off. But he causes a whole big pileup when that guy gets shot in the face with the shotgun. And <laughs> yeah. then more marauders start mounting the vehicle because there's no one there to defend it. And then the gyro captain flies over the chase. Wes gets onto the tanker proper now. And then we see that the feral kid somehow gets back onto the truck and has been there the whole time. Yes. He's a fucking feral kid and he's a pain in the ass. <laughs> and then he ends up hopping into the main rig of the truck with Max. And then Max gets 
shot by an arrow. Well, it looks well, it shoots through the roof. I didn't see if he actually got shot in the leg or if it shot next to him, but no, it went through his leg. Okay, it went all the way through his leg. Yeah. Okay, because it wasn't there after the shot, but I looked like he got hit. I wasn't hundred percent sure. Yeah. yeah, it went through his leg. That was painful. Then he has a marauder to his side that's near the kid, and then he has the one on the roof. So he ends up shooting the one on the side with one barrel and then gets the guy on the roof with the other. And yeah. those two marauders are dead. And then he goes to reload the gun, but then Wes uses some kind of fucking flail thing made out of like sharpened gears they look like flywheel Ooh. gears from motorcycles yes. on a chain and he smacks the fuck out of the windscreen and breaks what's left of it and then tries to hit max with it causing him to basically lose all the shotgun shells and they all go out onto the hood of the rig and i think one of them gets trapped behind and is just left there and that's all that he has um but it's out of reach and so then the leader of the gas town <laughs> tries to get the feral kid to jump off of the truck onto his vehicle so that he can save him but then humongous kills him with a trident spear i don't it, yeah it kills him a, a, with a trident, trident spear now this is where physics just goes right out the window <laughs> did you kill him with a trident <laughs> yeah he tosses it from a moving vehicle ahead of him to a yet another moving vehicle and makes yeah. it happen thanks aquaman <laughs> <laughs> The thing about this uh, this trident spear is it's very clearly like three buoy knives welded together with a fucking triangular frame and then a stick yeah. attached to it. At this point, yeah. you're just trying to make anything that can kill somebody. Right. And he has two yeah. of these because he, he arms himself again. And for a little while, I wasn't really sure that it was actually humongous driving his own vehicle because he puts that fur on and without mm. seeing him in the bondage gear, I get confused and think it's another vehicle that looks just like humongous. <laughs> it happens to me every time. I'm like, what's that furry fucker doing? on humongous's car <laughs> but the reason they did that is so they could hide the burn humongous gear became on. a furry yes but he has another trident and he's ready to go and before he can actually toss it from above the gyro captain saves max's life and the day for a moment by dropping a firebomb on him setting humongous on fire once again and then humongous fires off a shot and gets the copter out of the way the copter comes back he gets shot with a four arrow gun and then ends up doing a crash sorry we just missed one section where the at the pile up where the the motorcyclist hits the vehicle and does like a cartwheel yes. uh, uh, over the top. That guy actually shattered his leg from knee to ankle doing oh, that. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. That looked like he folded it in. I'll have to go back yeah, and see that shit. again. So oh. When you watch it really slowly, you can see his leg actually clip the vehicle and like his leg goes out at like a 20 degree angle. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, totally shattered his leg from like knee to ankle. Listen, I, just, I had a note there and I'm going, da, 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 where is it? Oh, there it is. And I just forgot that. Yeah, it's it's so awesome to watch in slow-mo. Oh, it's so gross, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not that awesome. Max doubles back in the rig and does a turnaround. The feral kid goes for the remaining shotgun shell for him, but is clearly terrified. Now the kid gets scared. <laughs> now he wisens up. <laughs> <laughs> and then a mostly burnt humongous goes full nitro after him. And holy fuck, Wes is still alive and a jump scare that catches me every time and I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part where Wes grabs the kid and scares the shit out of him and then Max and Wes are fighting over the kid and trying to pull him. We then have a humongous
humongous head-on collision and a majorly awesome tanker crash and haha no gas in the tanker which yeah. this kills Wes as well because he's on the front and I forgot to mention it earlier but the people strapped to humongous's the front of humongous's vehicle at some point when uh, Max goes to throw Wes off the vehicle he slams on the brakes and the people from the gas town splat yeah, against it straight into the back yeah, yeah splat up against it and they're very clearly dead because yes. where their faces were is just a pile of blood on yep, the tanker pretty much yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why he said he uses them as a bumper and then whenever Max turns around the humongous is on the other side when he caught on fire so when he's nitroing it back Max is already heading towards him and that's where he can't control it because of all the nitro blast he can't slow it down yeah and he hits head on and for a moment there I was hoping for a Hugh Keys Burns eye pop (laughs) (laughs) out of humongous's mask (laughs) it would have been awesome but it's very reminiscent of that shot where you where toe cutter goes right into the truck and the vehicle just shatters to pieces and then this is what causes Max's wreck and then we see that the tanker is just filled with sand now Mm. from the looks of the way Max reacts to it it seems to me like he didn't even realize it was full of sand either like this was a big fast one and he wasn't a part of this plan he didn't know that's what that was what was happening Mm. it's possible I think he knew no he reaches out to the sand and looks at it in his hand like holy shit they fold even me oh maybe yeah that's right yeah he lets it run out and he's just going fuck and you're right it's just like fuck me yeah it was what else can you do I would say that that was all due to the leader of Gastown's tutelage probably that tanker crash right after that F100 smashes into like a billion pieces the tanker crash that happens where it folds over and goes sliding is just amazing and then the reveal I love the look on all of the surviving marauders faces where they just Mm. all of a sudden have this moment of realization where they're like fuck (laughs) (laughs) and then even Max has that for a moment he's like you sons of bitches but at Mm. least Max and the kid have survived Max starts uh, carrying the kid out of the wreckage and then we see the gyro captain is alive that leads to our last clip and so began the journey north to safety to our place in the sun among us we found a new leader the man who came from the sky the gyro captain and just as papagallo had planned we traveled far beyond the reach of men and machines the juice the precious juice was hidden in the vehicles as for me i grew to manhood in the fullness of time i became the leader the chief of the great northern tribe and the road warrior that was the last we ever saw of him he lives now only in my memories and fuck yes roll credits All right, well, it's time to gush about the film here. So, I mean, not that we haven't during the entire time, but now we can really, really gush. Go ahead, witch. Uh, (laughs) Go get him, Ray. I I love this movie so much. I mean, uh, it it leads so well on from Mad Max 1 and, and, you know, takes it that little bit further. Uh, You know, the music is awesome, the vehicles, and, you know, the fact that it's shot in sequence, that's what is amazing, you know, that it's done in this way. And there's so much about it that is not it's not just an action flick there's there's emotion in it there's so much going on and it's just fucking cool it's an excellent example of visual storytelling you see everything you yeah. need to know by how people are dressed how they act the way they react with their faces mm. this film could play as a completely like not silent film but a completely dialogueless film yeah not yeah, you would still get the story but the point is the parts that do have dialogue it leads you into this like a fairy tale and it leads you out to tell the story that it turns out that the feral kid becomes the leader of his people and it's all because Max kept him alive and yeah. and helped kind of like tame him a little bit. Yeah. And that idea 
idea that, that this Max character is like this Lord of the Wasteland or like this this Wasteland Messiah type character. He's the only cop left in the Wasteland. Well, he's he's the mm. only decent human being left who just wants to help people practically. Yeah. And mm. but the thing is, he doesn't want to because he knows when he gets involved, he's getting the short end of the stick every time. Well, he's also he doesn't want to get involved. He doesn't want to care about more people who will just lose. Yeah, because he's broken, and yeah. you see it in yeah. this film, even yeah. all the way back here. He is completely broken. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. He, he's just he keeps losing people. Um, he even lost and anyone his dog gets for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. Can't lose a man's dog. It's just not right. It's not um, it, what? He's trying to make a. That's a British thing, dude. I know. <laughs> I know. No, it's not cricket. Though. Well, actually, Australians play cricket as well, better than the British. But that's beside the oh. point. Oh. <laughs> I hear. Do not condone nor accept that assertion. I know how people get with their sports ball. Fuck it, I'm yeah, with you, right. witch. <laughs> Sports ball, who knows? <laughs> Fucking sports ball. Um, so, oh, now there was one other note that I made. Uh, uh, Emil Minty, who is the feral kid, he's actually a jeweler now in Sydney. He's a jeweler. He's a jeweler. Huh. Yeah, just fucking gave up on acting and became a jeweler. That's what he does. And apparently, he still has people like turn up on his doorstep and like wanting to sign shit as the feral kid. I wonder if he responds with. <laughs> 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 Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck it. At least he found something that made him happy being a jeweler. That's not what's important to me. What's important is, does he still have that amazing fucking mullet? Of course. Wasteland mullets in this film are off oh. the fucking chain. Apparently, when <laughs> nuclear bombs go off, your mullet grows by 10%. It's just there. Well, it's so just you, there. You either get a mullet or you get a mohawk. Yeah, those are your options. That's it. You can have a mullet hawk because some of the gay boy berserkers mm-hmm. had mullet yeah. hawks. Or you yeah. are mostly bald with a few strands of hair coming out of your head. Or you just have a full head of hair that's neatly cropped when no one else is around to cut your hair like Max. That's that, if you meet that guy in Apocalypse, stick right next to him. Also, if you meet a woman in the Apocalypse who has like perfect makeup and perfect hair, you stick next to her. Those two people know how to get shit done. <laughs> yeah, if they have the ability to worry about aesthetics, yeah. you know you can survive with them in an Apocalypse. Everything's going to be just fine. <laughs> that's exactly it. See, that's being practical. <laughs> this is my favorite of the series. It's still is to this day. I absolutely positively 100% love Mad Max 2. I've loved it ever since I was a little kid and only knew about it as the Road Warrior. This movie is solely responsible for me buying every dreadnought from G.I. Joe I possibly could so I could play Mad Max. <laughs> I bought the vehicles. Yeah. I had all of those guys and I, I basically turned G.I. Joe into the Road Warrior as a kid. And once again, I, and I can't say enough about how this movie must have had such a huge impact on like in a like an American audience because because, mm. and I make that joke about wrestling, but the demolition thing where they're dressed like these post-apocalyptic guys, and then even in a, di- a different promotion, road the Road Warriors. Yeah. Road Warrior Animal, mm. Road Warrior Hawk. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, and they were dressed with the shoulder pads and spikes and face paint. It's just like, this movie introduced all of that. It's the reason why mm. we have any of that. This had a cultural yeah. impact worldwide. This spawned a shit ton of these post-apocalyptic, shoot them in a desert oh. knockoff movies mm-hmm. in the states in italy fucking england had a couple that they tried to do as well like everybody across the globe was trying their hand at this and even some of the aussies tried often imitated but never emulated Uh, nobody does it like no i agree but i just that's my gush is how much you can see a popular culture in america this movie influenced it Mm. i watched doomsday like last week so doomsday's from 2008 there's fucking half the movie is basically mad max wannabes yeah 
Yeah. And I love that film and I'm a huge fan of Neil Marshall. So I have absolutely no problem with it. He does it more mm. as an homage, but there's an entire sequence lifted out of Road Warrior Mad Max 2 that you can mm. see that's almost exactly the same. But instead of having like the three characters where you have Toadie as the voice, the brains and the brawn is humongous and then the crazy insanity is Wes. They jam it all mm. back into one person who is Saul. <laughs> In that yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, the other thing too that I also just wanted to point out that not just for the cultural impact, but there's sort of like touchstones in society when it comes to our entertainment and our films where things change dramatically. Uh, one of the points that I, I could bring up is like the way that the exorcist shaped horror to come and everybody tried to do their hand with devil movies and possession movies throughout the mm. entirety of the 70s. Jaws created created the blockbuster and everybody tried to emulate the animals attack movies and mm. went after this touchstone not just because of the monetary value that jaws created but just the cultural impact yeah, yeah. just just that that big epic and oddly enough razorback is australia's jaws absolutely the animals attack yeah i, I totally mm. see that now there's a time frame that ends up happening where like in martial arts films it's before bruce lee and then everything that happens after bruce lee where it's drastically changed and it's never mm. the same again the action film, you can directly see everything coming up to Mad Max 2 and then everything that comes after it. This is where the extravaganza and the yeah. over-the-top action comes into yeah. play. Now, you would think that it would have happened more with Mad Max, and it did amp it up a little bit, but Mad Max 2 is the line where it set the bar so high, and for decades, people tried with all of these different action flicks. Even some that Mel Gibson starred in, like Lethal <laughs> Weapon and everything, yeah. tried to emulate the thrills and the, the fucking crazy that Mad Max 2 was able to do and everybody falls short. Even Miller when he did Thunderdome. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, Thunder, Thunderdome's yeah, Thunderdome. Yeah. Can <laughs> we just get beyond Thunderdome? Just Thunderdome. Uh, <laughs> but we'll get into Thunderdome when we actually get there. There's still some beautiful gems about Thunderdome to talk about well, as well. Uh, we don't Ooh. need another hero. No, absolutely not. We, we just need another way home. Yeah. <laughs> All we want is what we came for. We will take yeah. one more year and then we will return to the Mad Max series Thunderdome but until then we're going to take a little break and when we come back we will close out this fucking action packed cinema psyop show there is no spoon yes there it is okay okay can we just talk about the damn movie danger danger high voltage when we touch when we kiss the flying guillotine is an awesome weapon it's not practical it's not even aerodynamic. But it's awesome! Chaps, could we possibly just talk about the movie? Easy Rider is cool. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, 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 Easy Rider's cool. If you consider they're doing thousands of miles in the desert and they have fuel tanks the size of a pea. You'll get three miles out of that. Oh, not to mention one of them. One of the tanks is full of money. A cool bullshit. Okay, okay, can we just talk about the damn movie? Obsessive Cinema Discourse, where podcast worlds collide. Jesus was the devil. Jesus was an architect previous to his career as a prophet. All of a sudden, I found myself in love with the world, so there was only one thing that I could do, was ding-a-ding-dang, my dang-along-ling-long.
fucking exhausted i don't know about you guys but i'm uh, ready for a drink just it's talking friday night just talking about the action in mad max 2 wears me out yes <laughs> my tank is definitely hitting empty <laughs> we need some gasoline if we puncture him right now he's only full of sand all right so i'm assuming that everybody that listens to this show should already know where to find you at which but just in case just in case they haven't realized that we're both on the same podcast network why don't you hit everybody with the deets certainly you can find me on which versus the doomsday clock another proud member of the legion podcast network uh we're on apple podcast stitcher soundcloud tune in and pretty much anything on your android device and also on youtube if you're really that interested you can join the rest of the meat pop schools in our facebook group which is facebook.com slash group slash which versus the doomsday clock you can find me on twitter facebook tumblr and instagram by searching for t-h-e-w-y-c-h and of course i also do ocd with the amazing court and our good mate boz also on legion podcast network we just recorded that show earlier tonight we had a double feature of recording just to pull back the veil a little bit nice which is why witch and i are both very worn out right now (laughs) all right we are also available currently on the legion podcast network legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops love you legion legion is life yes legion is love legion is friend legion is life legion is family legion is all I don't need my wife and child. I only need Legion. We only need the network. The network is good. <laughs> you can join our Facebook group at Cinema PsyOps and join in on all the craziness, the alternative photography. Beautiful, crazy, crazy assholes. The general degenerates that hang out with us. And the love, trash people. I love them so much. <laughs> you, you are family. Oh, my God. I you just, are network. On a nightly, I'm not too active, but on a nightly basis, I at least go on it just to have a good giggle before. Bed. And you can find both Matt and myself. He is Matt Psyop. If you find the plank that says brutal underneath it, you found the right guy. And I am Court Psyops. You can email feedback to Matt, cinemasyopsmatt at gmail.com. Tell him to step up his game a little bit and show up more in the group. Oh, yeah, I gotta do that, I know. You can email feedback to Court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Tell him to get off Matt's lazy ass back because he's not gonna do anything anyway. <laughs> oh, damn, dude. Gee, that's not getting off my back. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You can twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats of your smegma crazies. I knew, it. I knew that was coming. I knew it. I'm at court underscore psyop. Matt is at psyop Matt. And be sure to include any photos of your gay boy berserkers. Oh. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> assless chaps that are sunburnt in the apocalypse. And you know what? Tweet Twitch on that, too. He should be in this. <laughs> Make sure you include him. He should be in on some of the fun. Yes, the Smegma Crazies yeah. and the Gay Boy Berserker photos, definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, load, load them up. Load them up. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Burnout. We're talking about a Nazi. Uh, well, all this Nazi shit's happening oh. in our country. Oh. Oh, did, I hit, did I hit too close, Witch? Oh, yeah. So uh, you made it all weird, Matt. Which is not unusual. Matt wants to do a shitty political commentary show, and I won't let him. No, and not he keeps right. trying to bring to it back that. to that. I, I thought you'd say that before I did, but I forgot that you and Witch are, you know, together, so you won't do that to him. We're not together. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. And besides, but, besides, they gave you know, Mel Gibson back. They gave him to us. They won't. Yeah. They don't. They won't, him. They won't yeah. take him anymore. Yeah, we talked yeah. about the last time around. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We, we just said, you know, Max, just walk away. <laughs> just away. <laughs> January, not in any one centerfold. <laughs> just throwing it out there. That's what it was. Obviously, right. this was made in the '80s, so this was before she became a Playboy centerfold. Then no, this was see that was January 1981. Oh, this was made in '81. I misheard you. I thought you said '91. So it's '81. No. Yeah. 1980. One. Sorry, I'll speak slowly for you <laughs> Americans. Hot shit, man. <laughs> Settle down over there. It's early in the morning for it him. He's, he's a bit salty. Up. Oh, yeah. He's mad. <laughs> he's way fucking mad. Hey, yeah. witch, after this, I'm going to go drink because, you know, it's normal time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a Saturday for him. He's going to probably go drink. Too. Yeah, that's a wake. It's normal time for drinking. It's normal time for drink. Every time is a normal time for drinking. They probably have enough yeah. gasoline for a space trucker. <laughs> I'm cutting that out, and I'm not putting the clip in. Oh, God damn you. Yeah, every reference you make, I'm cutting out. I really worked on that one. And I'm putting this at the end. Oh, there you go. That yeah. was what you did. That's your only note that you have? That's it. That's, I mean, that's all the work I did for this movie. <laughs> Watched the whole thing, and that was just like space trucker wow. joke. That, <laughs> They've got a whole tanker full of fuel in a refinery and everything else, and all you can put in is Space Trucker. Yeah, Space Trucker. It's great. <laughs> space Truckers. I love Space Truckers. I know. I love Space Truckers. It's awesome. You're just yeah. wasting time, yeah. guys. <laughs> God damn you, Gord. <laughs> you do it. You do it. You hold up to your end of the bargain. Who runs Barter Town? You do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then my wife had one more cheeky question. She was wondering if you actually knew anyone in the film, which <laughs> if you met anyone in the film.
No, I've, I've not officially met anybody in that film. I have been through Silverton, um, and I've been through that part of the country, and I've seen the uh, the the museum as such that is out there, but no, I've not actually met anybody from, from Mad Max 2, sadly. Well, anytime we watch anything that has to do with Australia, that's her first question, is... <laughs> It's just like, does Witch know them? And I'm like, what is she? I mean, does she think Australia is just like, what? No, like, she's just like, being facetious. She's, uh, facetious. I the, other, the other joke that she likes to do is... That's um, a smart lady. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, she's playing around. Yo, the only questionable thing she ever said was yes. <laughs> when I asked her to marry me? <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> I like how you went that far around to get to that joke. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> it was, took me a while. He's stepping carefully. He's like, I don't want to insult Bev because that will get Court's wrath for yeah, sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't insult each other's wives. Yeah. The other joke no. that she always like Just to do. taste in men. <laughs> Whenever I say I'm about to record with Witch or, you know, if uh, Witch and I are kind of conversing on Facebook or whatever, and I'll, I'll say, and she's like, who are you talking to or, or who are you recording with? And I'll say, Witch. And she'll go, Witch, Witch? I'm like, yes. I'm like, yes, that Witch. Yeah, that Witch. Her first witch, question is always, and how sexy is it getting? And Court goes, fairy. She's never that concerned about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, she, she knows about my man crushes and my bromances, oh, and she's okay nice. with it. Oh, see, that's yeah. a healthy marriage. Yeah, and I mean, look, she, she's put up with you for long enough. Matt, so really, you know, <laughs> you're going to need to step up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, seriously, I could, have, I could have a stinky hobo hanging out. Oh, wait, I already do. His name is Matt. <laughs> it's oh, me. Oh, hurtful picture. <laughs> All right, so they're trying to Please, resuscitate. Like, which smells like roses. Oh, I'm sure he does. Yeah. Toxic roses. Lay off my man crusher. You will get hurt. Oh, my God. Well, really? <laughs> you know what? The only reason you're in the room is because he felt uncomfortable being just alone with me again. <laughs> There are so many questions I have, but let's just go on with the, the review. All of those questions can be answered if you listen to our Man from Hong Kong episode, The Witch and I Did. Okay, I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that will answer all of your questions. All of your questions about the, the if, man crush if, I have going Everything on. that's going yeah. on here. All right, but yeah. back, back to Mad Max 2. <laughs> We're going to have another separate episode of Outtakes, just like Mad Max 1. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so your motorhead for cars is always going to look down on your biker and vice versa. Yeah. There's hardly ever a crossover where they, they can come together and agree that all motor vehicles are awesome in their own way. You <laughs> bastard. Stop trying to bring people together. Well, I'm kind of trying to do a Lord Humongous thing here. Oh. I want the Vegemite Smegma boys over here. And, oh. <laughs> and I want the K-Boy Berserker guys over there. I want them to work together so that we can take over gas town do so you want to bring smegma and the gay boys together yes okay and spread it on toast and serve it to you oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. This, Actually, this show took a weird turn what's going on right here whatever it is i'm into it <laughs> are all the courts into this is this the like the mother-daughter sandwich thing you know it's nowhere near the mother-daughter no, sandwich okay. thing all versions of court still agree on that okay <laughs> That's yeah now the smegma comes after the mother-daughter sandwich thing <laughs> you have the sandwich and then what's left over, you end up spreading on toast and serving to Matt when he doesn't know what it is. See, that's lucky I don't need toast anymore. I can't. So, bam. What do you eat with butter spread on? Uh, nothing. <laughs> he that's says nothing. that now. I don't, no, I'm serious. I don't, I don't have anything anymore. Life's really bad for me on the side of the table right now. <laughs> little late on the upkeep there. I'm just saying. It'll be fine. We'll cut it out. Right. It'll, it, it'll fit. Don't worry about it. We'll do this. That's what I tell him all the time, which it'll fit. <laughs> and every time Relax. he believes me. Every time which believes you? No, every time you believe me. Oh, no. I'm never in that position to begin with. <laughs> I would never want to be in that position. It'll fit. I know you too well. Just breathe through it. <laughs> just keep breathing. Wait, is this, what is this, like a snorkel? What are you talking about? It's a, <laughs> yes, breathe through this. Breathe through it. <laughs>
<laughs> in through the nose and then swallow. You'll be fine. And now have this piece of toast Which that I just nose made. from experience. Listen to that. That was way too quick. <laughs> <laughs> and he almost has to stomp his feet and scream like he's releasing an animal back into the wild. Yeah. <laughs> he's, Go on! Get out of here! It's like a Harry and the Hendersons moment where he's ready to punch <laughs> yeah, the kid. Uh, yeah. I said get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad Lithgow. <laughs> All I have to do is look kind of crazy and just say get out of here. Yeah, and, and have, like, sound like you're crying <laughs> when you're yelling at Get out of here! We don't need you! <laughs> uh, what are we going to do, Harry the Hendersons? <laughs> it has to feel good ending for us to do. Yeah, it's going to be a little sad. <laughs> it's got to gotta be bad. It's got to be bad. got to have a bad yeah. ending that's not good for you. <laughs> There's plenty of Bigfoot movies out there that we can cover instead. I don't know, we did Fletch. <laughs> that was then. This is now. <laughs> a new season. Of the Rumble Fish. <laughs> yeah. It's a new year. <laughs> All right, we'll see here. Okay, so yeah, he's off like Harry and the Hendersons. I can't believe I did that. Thank you